Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 76, which is Michael Crichton's The Terminal Man in 1974, directed by Mike Hodges and starring George Siegel. And we paired that with Downsizing from 2017, directed by Alexander Payne and starring Matt Damon. So there is a lot, it's a very common theme in sci-fi where technology gives people a second chance at life. And these two films are definitely films that have that as a theme. But we thought it was interesting because these two films were not actually really well received. So do they themselves as films deserve a second chance? Um, I got to say, one of the things I love about this podcast is that we often sort of look at things in a new way and the way that it's presented or a way that's not necessarily more subtle or not upfront in the way that uh, the film presents itself. And uh, that was something that one of our listeners said during our live stream, because of course, as you guys know, we stream all of these podcasts on Twitch. Uh, so this is just a recording of that stream. Um, but one of the things that they said is that they, they had already seen this, one of the films we talked about and they didn't quite get it. And once we started to put things in perspective, it made a lot more sense and they started to enjoy this film a lot more. So that's something that I think is really special, uh, reframing it and giving everything a new context, uh, makes a film more special. Um, and I do this all the time. Dan and I have disagreed about films and he turns around and he tells me something that's about it and goes, oh, I get it now. Wow, that film is actually really good or something else, uh, or, you know, the other way around as well. So it's really great. And one of the things that I really appreciate uh, the most about this podcast. Anyway, um, just a couple of announcements. Uh, this Saturday, July 16th, 2022, we will be doing a watch party. Uh, and we have not yet decided on which watch party it is. Uh, as you guys know, our watch parties are usually going to be with one of our uh, Twitch subscribers. Uh, we invite them to come on and to choose the film, but we haven't quite gotten there yet. But it will definitely happen on July 16th. At least I hope it will happen on July 16th. Uh, and that's usually at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, which is uh, GMT minus 8 uh, if you'd like to be uh, part of that or I'd like to, to join us for that, watch parties are a lot of fun. Uh, just go to uh, twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant uh, and uh, subscribe, get announcements there, or, or at least follow us there and, and do that. If you subscribe to us on that channel, you'll get some extra perks uh, in our Discord, and we'll let you know about that in a second. Um, but we'd love to have you be part of it. Like I said, watch parties are a lot of fun. Um, and if you'd like to be part of our discord, like I said, that's very important. A lot of good, important, a lot of great things happening on our discord. Uh, the link is too complicated to read out loud here on the uh, podcast intro. But if you just go to Martini Giant on our Twitter, uh, there's a link right at the top on our profile. So it, our, our profile is, uh, um, at Martini Giant on Twitter and just go ahead and click on that discord, join it. And if you are a Twitch subscriber, uh, let us know and we'll make sure to give you access to the subscribers only section of the discord uh, but otherwise you'll still have plenty of great things to do on our discord and we'd be happy to have you there but for now please enjoy episode number 96 which is the terminal man and downsizing i just saw on the slack by the way that uh, eric says hola say hello to everyone Hello ah. to Eric, if he is listening. Uh -huh. And uh, yeah. 
uh, yeah, he is. It looks like he'll be uh, chipping in at least in the uh, uh, in typing in Slack. So I'll look. I'll look right. What time is it in Italy right now? It's got to be pretty late, isn't it? Pretty late. It's got to be. I have no idea, really. Let's see. What time is it? I'm, my guess is it's uh, one a.m. It is twelve oh nine a.m. Yeah. Okay. So oh, thanks for staying up, dude. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not actually not sure if he's listening. I'm going to type to him real quick. So. Right. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, let's let's uh, let's get into this one. This one <laughs> was an interesting. Uh, so the premise was: here's the premise that that here's the logic that Dan and I had. We said, "Well, Eric's not going to be able to join us, so let's try to do some movies which." Eric may not actually enjoy. Right. So science fiction. <laughs> so science fiction, right? But here's the thing that I was thinking about when you say science fiction. He says, I don't like sci-fi. And then every time he watched the sci-fi film, he likes it, right? Oh, because dude, like that's because we watch good sci-fi. Does, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like saying, I don't like CG, except, oh, I like good CG, right? Yeah. It's like but, I yeah. said before, like he, what, what he really means is he has very high standards for science fiction, which I think is appropriate. I think that's which is appropriate. It. He does. He basically doesn't like Star Wars or Star Trek. Yeah, he doesn't want comes... dumb movies. He wants good sci-fi movies, and I agree with him right. on that. It's just that I'm I'm really easy on bad sci-fi. So, that, yes. so I'm, I'm. So am I. I'm the problem in, in that scenario. I'm the guy who goes, no, right. it's really, really good. Eric, you're gonna love Rain of Fire. Like, he's not gonna love Rain of Fire. Don't <laughs> tell him about that. I, I love Rain of Fire. <laughs> I love Rain of Rain Fire. Fire is amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. It's the greatest movie. Yeah, that's a great movie. It is so exciting. No, Matthew yeah. McConaughey is the best. Yeah, it's, it's true, best. man. Like that's and like they, when they do the Empire Strikes Back on stage for the kids, like that's yes, business. That's a great. That's a great movie. I love that movie. But uh, yeah. yeah, no, Eric has taste, so that's what keeps him off the uh, sci-fi boat for most of those uh, most of those things. But we generally right. watch great sci-fi when we do a sci-fi movie on the show. Like we're picking things. We try like to keep it to, to good we, ones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like real, like actual, actual good stuff. Um, right. But today we have a sort of mixed bag. I would say that much. An interesting I, we mixed, have a mixed bag. bag. Yes. We have a mixed bag. So uh, we were looking at just sort of browsing some sci-fi ideas. And then I realized that Dan has never seen Downsizing. This is true. And I, and said, I like and I, uh, Alexander Penn. Yes. Uh, and and so I said, oh, well, this was this was not the movie I expected, you know, and I saw it, I saw it on the planes, like, eh, I'll see this, whatever, you know, it's one of those movies. What, what was the legally blonde two idea? Right. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so I said, eh, I'll watch this. And I was like, that was me. I got a spoiler alert. I liked it. I thought it was very interesting. And so I was like, I'm curious what Dan thinks about this movie. And then it's like, and then we, it's like, Oh, okay, great. So we'll do a movie that Dan's never seen. So then we had to find a sci-fi film that I'd never seen. Right. And we did the terminal man, which, uh, based on the Michael uh, Crichton book, based on the Michael Crichton book with George Siegel from 1974. And I'd say, you know, my, my quick take on that, that was borderline could have been a watch party oh borderline. Uh, yeah 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 except it's too boring for that <laughs> yeah i think it's yeah. fair to say that that movie is too like that's that that would have been a communion watch party if we had watched that that would have been like a, yeah. a lot of work on our part to try to make that work i think that i'm i still i i think it has some interesting parts to it i'm definitely gonna say i mean i think we can definitely talk yeah about there's lots of interesting stuff. things around it to talk about and like yes. about like what it's trying to do and the sort of like what the moment of that movie. Um, right. But I think I'm, I'm perfectly happy saying up front that that's not a very good movie at all. 
Like, uh, <laughs> and and what what is very strange about it is that it's directed by the guy who directed. Like, listen to this filmography. He did Terminal Man, which is terrible. He did mm-hmm. Flash Gordon, which is terrible slash amazing. Uh, oh. And he did, uh, oh gosh, he did something recently, which is not recently, but within the past 25, 30 years, which was, oh, a croupier with, um, oh. uh, yeah, which is a very good movie, right? And with, he, what's his name? The, uh, the, from yeah. Children of Men. Uh, yes. Yes. And, uh, uh, that's and a really good film. It's a really good movie. <laughs> and he did Get Carter. What? So I was going to drop that out. Like, it was just maybe Eric should have been here for this. <laughs> like, yeah. Dick Carter is a very big. I don't think movie. Eric would have liked The Terminal Man. No, I think, I think so. he would have. He would have thought it was terrible. But uh, yeah. so that, like, when we said there's lots of interesting things surrounding this movie, that is interesting thing. Number one, this director is a, is a really strange piece of work. Really interesting guy. Uh-huh. And so that's a, uh, that's a little, that's a little tease where we're going with that stuff. But, uh, but yes, yeah, so we have, uh, we have, but I, like, I, but I think the good thing about the terminal, even though, like you said, it's a little boring, we can tell that whole story in, in itself, just trying to tell the story of what the terminal man is, mm-hmm. uh, is funny. <laughs> i can see where and, that's going yes and, and 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 you know the one of the mottos of our of our podcast is you know we watched the movies you never go around to watching and now you don't have to now you don't have to this is giving people the opportunity <laughs> to not to. watch it now you can you watch really this for free on youtube i would yeah. not recommend it <laughs> yeah i i did rent it i did rent it on amazon and it was only available in sd yeah, it's like so, two bucks, whatever it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it, it's fun. It, like it, it is. Uh, I like there are like I actually rec- really recommend if you scour. There's two things. I say one all the time, but I'll say it for YouTube too. If you scour Tubi and YouTube, like there's loads of really weird, hard to find movies. If you have the patience to spend all day long constructing a list of things, like going through just scads of trash. Like there's mm. loads and loads of great stuff. Um, and I believe I, I may have brought it up last time, but I really, I have to just trumpet this right now on Tubi. You can watch like a, like 20 incredibly hard to find Werner Herzog movies, like at oh, least yeah, 10 movies that I've, that I've never seen. Uh, right. And so I, I, I really, I like, we're not paid by Tubi. I've just been really amazed. I, I'll put up with a few shitty ads if I can find a copy of Naked Lunch, which is not on streaming anywhere except for Tubi for like a week and a half. Really? It's on yeah. Tubi? It was. It, I got, it left like a week and a half ago. That's a thing, right? Like, and I don't, the thing about Tubi is that, so usually I go to a site when I'm looking for something and try to find out where it's available, a streaming or, or, or otherwise, I go to justwatch.com. You ever go to that site? I have not. So, so just you just do just watch and you type in a movie like like this one like uh, 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 downsizing and it'll tell you okay it's available for rent for these prices available streaming for free on these channels or purchasable on this channel whatever but Tubi I don't think is listed there on anything ah, right right so that's the problem because like uh, like app ah, you know so then my automatic is, well, I guess I'll rent it but I should always check Tubi. Uh, I have to check Tubi and Criterion's not listed on there. That's another place you should check, you know? So. Yeah. It's, re- it's really, it's really, uh, I'm scrolling through it right now. And just on the front page, so like uh, movies, like movies, like the conspiracy, which is like a found, one of the few found footage horror movies that I liked uh, is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there's a, there is a movie on here that freaked me out so much. I had to stop watching. 
uh, that is you, the formerly very hard to find called the Poughkeepsie tapes. And I was dared to watch this movie. I failed the dare. <laughs> like oh. that is the most upsetting, bizarre, horrifying movie I've probably ever seen. Like that beyond mm-hmm. what I can actually sit and like, I, I started, I, I can't like, if this gets worse than this, I can't really watch this. And I, and I gave was up. Maybe it someday. Well, what was the, what was the, it was, I think it was a Nick Cage horror slash cop film about people making snuff films. Oh uh, yeah. Eight millimeter. Right. Eight mil. That's right. It was, I was like, it's not eight millimeter. And I was like, Oh, I think because that, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yep. Super eight and eight mil. That's what I confused. That's right. right. Yeah. Eight millimeter is, uh, are you hearing a helicopter right now over me? No, no. Ah, no. that's so good. Okay. Cause no, no, I'm using, canceling? Yeah, I'm using the NVIDIA uh, broadcast, which is uh, masks, all that stuff, which is amazing because <laughs> it's pretty loud. <laughs> I, I can't hear a damn thing. That's pretty great. That's pretty it's good. Literally, I can see it landing over there because we, we have a helipad behind my house, like on the Burbank Hills. So uh, anyway, okay. So let's get to it. Let's start, let's start with some good stuff. Let's start with downsizing. Well, at least I think it's good. What was your initial thoughts, Dan? What was your initial thoughts on downsizing? Uh, okay. The, the overall is I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, right. But I don't know how to recommend it. Like right. this, I can see what this movie, because like the, the advertising for this movie was so misleading. Like I was yes. like, I, how, like, why, why did you think that it was a good idea to advertise it the way that you did? Like you're, right. like you're, you're leading. But people have made that mistake in many yeah. films. <laughs> yes. This is, this yeah. may be the most egregious misadvertising I've, I've seen in 10 or 15 years. Like yes. I can't, I, but that, but on the other hand, if I were given the job of advertising this film, I don't know what I would tell people it is. Like it right. is an extremely strange, slightly funny drama. Like it's more right. like it's almost exactly like reading a Philip K. Dick book a lot of the time. It's it's well, first of all, I'd say it's more of a satire than a comedy. Yes, yeah, I agree, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Has anyone, by the way, if uh, just anyone in chat, let us know if you've seen this movie or not. I'd be curious if anyone and 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 has seen this movie because I I'd be curious to know about that. There are definitely a lot of jokes in it, so mm-hmm. I think the comedy is it's funny there. It's a funny movie. It's a bleakly funny movie. Yes. But like, yeah, like you'll, you'll like over and over again, you go, <laughs> <"Ugh."> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was advertised to be like this, like Matt Damon's tiny slapstick comedy with uh, Kristen, Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig. And Kristen yeah. Wiig is out of the movie. She is not in uh, this movie. <laughs> she's not in this movie. She's like two barely. <laughs> but the thing is, what's funny is like, it's like, okay, and, you go to, and then, you know, there's that moment where she's no longer in a movie. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you're going on a completely different journey. It's like, it's, it's like a little bit like until the end of the world, we're like, where are we going now? Yeah, exactly. I was yeah. going to bring this one up. I was just like, you know, like yeah. there's no way to like the, the chances for you to fall off this movie are big and f- numerous. Fall off this movie? Yeah, like if you like you if you're you're on board and the movie's going to take a turn, you may fall off, and it's going to take mm. another turn, you may fall off, and it's going to take it another takes turn. Many turns. Yeah, and like it's so like I was just like, what? What? Where is this going? <laughs> like I was, yeah. I was so I was perplexed 
I was perplexed. Uh, but I, but I hung on and for hanging on, I was, I ultimately enjoyed, I like, I, I really liked it. I really, really liked it. And I liked what it was well, saying. And it was I think uh, some weird to powerful, the most powerful characters show up halfway through the film. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and right, I think so it's like, oh yeah. And I was just going to say like, it's important to know going in that this is an Alexander Payne movie. Like, right. This is not a the guy who did the descendants. Yeah, he did yeah. the descent. Like the, the descendants is his happiest movie, and uh, he's known for things like Election and Citizen yes. Ruth and stuff like this. And uh, yes. this this movie is closer. Ah, I got it. This movie is the is a companion piece to a movie like AI, where you're like the tonal different the 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 tonal disjunction is so huge all the time that your brain doesn't know how to deal with it. And because mm-hmm. uh, it keeps on expecting a certain thing and then doing a different thing. That's right. really, really, really something. It's really something. I, I was just, honestly, I was like, I did not expect that, right? Yeah. It was just a great, I don't want to say it was great, but I think I was so, excited about the unexpected yes oh and it's that, well it's great no in a lopsided way it's great like it's a lumpy right. weird slow movie but it yeah. added it added up for me like it, it is one of my favorite things when you go into a movie and it turns out to be something different yeah like i the same thing i felt with well, walter mitty right yeah, i was right. like oh you know this is a different film than i thought it was mm-hmm. and it's that's great right um all right, so let's let's actually just go through the story because I think it's good, and I think you know Jason hasn't seen it, so he can talk about yeah, it. Yeah, and, sure. and I definitely recommend seeing this movie, and and, and uh, uh, even with all the spoilers, it's still really pretty interesting. And yeah, we, like, we are in inevitably it, going to get into some heavy spoiler territory. Uh, right. Just to let people know, just because there's no way to talk about what makes this movie good without revealing where it goes. Uh, right. And so I just you know like. Just to just say that out loud, like it, you, we were, we'll be giving away a lot of things for people that watch this who haven't seen it, listen to us and then watch it. I would love to hear what they think about it from knowing the things that happened beforehand, because maybe it'll help yeah. you enjoy the movie more. Yeah. Who knows? But, uh, but I, I, I just, anyway, um, it starts off with, uh, a scientific experiment being done, mm-hmm. obviously. And it's a guy doing a scientific experiment on a rat in the lab and he says i've done it i've done it i've done it right and then uh they reveal you know like there's a big thing and then they go through like it's something like five years later or something like that Mm -hmm. right and then uh they go on a scientific stage you know uh, on a big presentation to do a presentation and they the guy reveals you know what what this procedure that they, they invented and they basically say we can take a molecule and shrink it down to such size and blah 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 and so then they bring out and it's like professor are you ready to to show what you did and then he takes this box off and there's a teeny man inside the box right mm-hmm. who's at a teeny podium with a <laughs> tiny little podium yeah like tiny little podium and i use it like a lavalier mic but it looks it's huge next to him yeah. right so it's well like, like they do a nice job of making the props look like you're close up on tiny things like even when yes. they build like the mic stand all this stuff like everything is a little bit sort of beveled and, and yeah. plump, you know in a way that small things are you know it's really it's right. really interesting 
Yeah, for sure. And I think it's, I was, I was like, that's kind of an interesting, interesting thing that they've done there. Uh, so they talk about this and they basically explain, you know, what they're doing and everyone's shocked. And then we also see Matt Damon uh, at a, and he's at a bar having a beer and he's looking it out in the news and he's getting to go, food to go. And he goes, that's incredible. And he's sort of like a super nice guy. We sort of introduced to Matt Damon as this very nice person, like mm -hmm. un unbelievably generous person uh, uh, in kindness. Right. And someone and, who takes uh, on the burden of other people, I think is something. Yeah. That, that's an important there. part of what yeah. we, we find out about him. Right. Right. And so, um, the guy at the podium explains like, what's the point of shrinking down mm -hmm. <laughs> and his resource is like, we're taking too many resources from the planet. And so we are, if we downsize ourselves, we use less resources and we right. can be much better for the planet. Right. right. So it, it suddenly it turns into like, this is a solution to our what were the, the how horrible Ecological footprint and exactly all yeah. this kind of stuff right right and i was like okay because i thought it was like what's the point of being small you know i was like oh no this there's, there's a political message here that's being right. a very political message right right uh, sort of. And so I was like, sort of, <laughs> sort of. Uh, this movie gets very political, by the way. It very, it very much does. It like it never leaves it. never leaves anything. This is what I, I not to jump again, but like, it never leaves anything to be simple. Like mm -mm. at no point does it go. Like it makes like makes a positive like ecological statement, and then it goes, yeah. But what if we thought about it this way? It goes like one layer. Mm -hmm after that yeah and it's like how do you go from like this altruistic hippie concept right mm -hmm. to complete capitalism <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's amazing it's sort of amazing. yeah and he does that it, like it's like okay so that's what the guy presented and they're like that's incredible and then they realize that there's a whole little family of people that are living together and he brings them out and these are like the first people to ever be downsized mm -hmm. right and uh, those have the first baby ever born into a downsized right. thing, right? So I, his name is Baby Daniel or something, whatever right. his name was. Uh, and they're like, oh, my God. And it was like all this amazement, right? And so uh, Jason, uh, not Jason, uh, uh, Matt Damon is like, this is incredible. And then you find out, and, you know, he's taking care of his uh, mother who's uh, – uh, uh, handicap. No, well, she definitely has. Uh, yeah, she has limited uh, movement issues. She's got limited movement you know, issues, yeah. et, cetera, et cetera. Fibromyalgia is what she says. She is. Yeah, fibromyalgia. Yeah. Right, and then uh, he's. Uh, we also find out he has a job working at Omaha Steaks as an occupational therapist. Yeah, right. So he's basically a physical therapist for people in their jobs. Uh, like repetitive uh, stress injuries. Repetitive stress syndrome, stuff like that, and he's. Doing well, and he's married to Kristen Wiig, mm -hmm. uh, who is uh, uh, very nice as well. So they're all they all live a very everything's very fine. quiet, very quiet suburban life, right. and they're doing. There's a bit great. of a nice match cut in the years that they jump, where they show him and his mother, and his mother's you know like he lives in the house he grew up in, uh, right. lived taking care of his mother, and then. It's 10 years later and the mother has ostensibly passed away. Uh, and then Kristen Wiig is basically taking up the role of the, where the mother's at, you know, like she's right. like, and Matt Damon is going out and getting takeout 
uh, in both scenes. Her. Like, yeah, exactly. And so, like, there's a, there's a, like, it's not a bad relationship, but there's, like, you sense a little codependency. There's like, it's, it's like a, a needful space they're in, you know. Yes. And so it doesn't feel it does it doesn't feel bad, but it doesn't feel very healthy. And you can feel right. that he is longing for something else. She is longing for something else. They want to try right. to buy a new house, but they can't afford it because the economy is shitty. And they, they're like, there's just no way for them to ever get the kind of money together to buy something, you know, right. and a lot of people will, this will ring a bell for a lot of people. And so like, this, like, this is that, that's the setup for those characters. And like, there's a, there's a key moment where like, she's got a horrible headache and, uh, and he's, you know, physical therapist. So he's going to help work on her neck and he holds her head and he just goes, let me, let me bear the weight. Let me bear the weight, you know? And you're like, this is a, this is a key to his mental state. Like he, he is like, he gets definition from, um, helping people, helping people. And that's not necessarily right. a positive statement. It's simply what he does. You know, right. Like he defines himself. His way. purpose is if he helps people specifically with their physical ailments, Yes, that to him is the satisfaction that he gets out of life. And he feels that's and he's doing he something needed. meaningful. Right. Because he needs to be around people that are needy. That's yes. the thing. Yes. Right. So his mother right. was needy. His wife is needy. And being around needy people is what he's used to doing. Like yes. Pathetic people. Let's yeah. just put it that way. <laughs> right. And like Kristen um, Wiig is not, she's not represented as a caricature of a needy person, but you can, the relationship's just a little bit, it's not a great relationship, you can say. It's not, a, yeah. Right. But she also wants bigger things in her life. Yes. She wants a bigger house. She wants mm-hmm. a bunch of things, right? And they're trying to figure that out. Uh, then they go to his high school reunion. Is that right? Yeah. High school reunion. Right. And at this point, this is 10 years after the first downsizing. So the concept of downsizing is. It's become commonplace. Yeah. Like, well, commonplace. People, everyone knows about it anyway. Right. Right. And there, there are basically, there are downsizing communities that are popping up everywhere. And we'll get right. into that in a second. But then they go to his high school reunion. I think. Was it was that where where uh, Justin uh, where, uh, um, Jason Vanderlake or whatever his name is? Oh yeah, uh, uh, from Austin's uh, Creek uh, guy. Uh, yes, yeah, uh, James Vanderbeek. Yeah, James Vanderbeek. He shows up. Yeah. He's like an anesthesiologist or something right. like that, like a successful right. big doctor. And it shows, yeah, that Matt Damon could have become a doctor, but he didn't really chase it down. You know, like oh, you yeah, be an anesthesiologist. Because... Because, yeah, because, oh, that's right. Because he had to take care of his mother or something. Like, it's literally, it's like what he did. He's like, he, he quit medical school right. to, do, to, to do that. And the other guy's an anesthesiologist. As we all know, anesthesiologists are some of the wealthiest doctors. Oh, yeah, that. zillionaires. Yeah, sure, of course. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like that, that's, I mean, it's, it's dangerous business doing that. And you have to be very good at yeah. it. Yeah, it is. Uh, like, Matt Damon's like, oh, yeah. And, like, you can see what he could have, like, he could have had all of his problems solved. If you're right. a doctor, is what he's thinking. You know, like this guy's a fucking millionaire, right? And uh, all right, so that that was that was kind of interesting. And then suddenly, another, one of his old classmates shows up, or two of his old classmates show up in a teeny little box. Yes, <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, it's pretty great. They show up, and it's it's uh, uh, Jason Sudeikis, right? That's who it is, mm-hmm. right? right? And he shows up, and they're having Ted Lasso. Yes, yeah. and they're having a conversation. And uh, he keeps talking about how awesome his life is because it costs so little money to be small. 
right? Like everything is like, he's basically talking about the capitalism of being small, like yes, have a huge house and it costs me nothing, you know? Yeah. Because like, yeah, like in order to feed, (laughs) like in order to eat, you're spending like, you know, $40 a month. Like if you're eating extravagantly, the amount of food you're eating is just like this much, you know? Yeah. That's a little tiny bit. Or like you can live in a mansion because it's like a fucking dollhouse. Yeah. Yeah. So all of that stuff is teeny stuff right. which is so they, they offer yeah like yeah, they they offer you know like he, he sells to sell his mom's house like you know the you know $150,000 he gets off of that converts in small dollars to 12 million 12 million dollars so like that's right. the that's the selling like the equivalent point, like the equivalent right. of 12 million dollars so like right. if you live in this community like you can live like a fucking king. It's going to be incredible. Right. You can retire. Right. Mm-hmm. So they so they go visit one of these communities where they have, and it's really looks like a hardcore, like timeshare selling pitch kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Explaining right. how it all works, and you'll see that they all look at the houses, and it totally looks like suburbia nightmare to me, honestly. But, <laughs> yes, uh, exactly. Truman Show style. Uh, yeah, yeah. Truman style. Yeah, absolutely. But they're looking through this community, and it has this huge net on top of it, obviously, because the birds would just pick off just people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that's the kind of joke that, like, there's loads of that kind of joke. Like, they don't tell right. the joke. They just leave it there for you to discover. Right. Like, and at know, one point, you do see like a dead bird, dead bird on top of one of Exactly. It's just really yeah. disturbing. Anyway, funny, 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 funny. Uh, so they have a meeting with one of their, you know, I guess advisors or whatever, which tells them about how the whole system works and how their $150,000 turns into $15 million and they can live off that for the rest of their life or whatever they want to do and sort of et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and uh and so then they explain the process of going through this and uh they have to uh everything gets shrunk down so they have to shave shave you completely mm-hmm. uh and uh remove any fillings that you might have anything you have <laughs> in your body that isn't going to be shrinkable you have to have taken out otherwise when you get shrunk right. it's going to tear your body apart like right. if you have if you have uh you know fillings in your molars like that's right. going to grow to the size of like a basketball in your head once when you're right. shrunk. So they have to take all that stuff out. And so they're like right. the, the the woman who sells them on the pitch, like, you know, they're like, well, this sounds so great. Why haven't you joined up? Just like, oh, my husband has a, uh, a hip implant, so he can't go. So I'm not going to go. Right. Right. And so like, yeah. And there's more to that, more to that, uh, that story. Right. <laughs> Pardon me. No, later on. Um, but <clears throat> But yeah, so like there's there's limitations and you also get like a hint of like there's some unhappiness in the world about people getting small because like someone confronts them. So oh, the guy at the bar, the guy at the bar is like, I heard you tell, tell him about that. Yeah. yeah. yeah the guy, <laughs> like I heard, so you're the guys that are you, you guys are getting, you know, getting small. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just like, hey, can I ask you a question? Like, should you have less of a vote? You know, and he's like, what are you talking about? And they get into this, this guy's like being really sort of Trump supporty, pushy kind of character. Yeah. And he's just like, you don't contribute to the economy at all. Like we're supporting you. So why don't you have like you, maybe you should have half a vote or maybe you should have maybe right. one eighth of a vote, you know? And so like, and you, you start seeing this like economically from the other perspective, why this dude is mad hints at like the economy of what they're selling 
isn't going to turn out exactly the way that they say it will. Like it's more complicated right. than it seems, you know? Right. And like, there's a, and like in that argument, like there's a uncomfortable nod towards in the constitution of the United States that, you know, slaves were one fifth of a person and stuff like this, like yes. how we think about other groups of people as meaning less because of their, you know, because of what they are, you know, this kind of stuff. So like, there's, it's just all gets in the, like very subtle, strange, complex arguments start popping up in a very uncomfortable ways in the middle of like what seems like initially a light Will Ferrell comedy. Like, right. <laughs> like, well, it, it, well, they also did like just before when they were giving the pitch, they had a pitch from, uh, what's his name? Doogie Hauser guy. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, Neil um, Patrick Harris. Yeah. Neil Patrick Harris. Who's like, let me tell you all these like, amazing things about this and is like he's a small guy right he's teeny right. and he has this he's like this is my house and it's this this garish mansion yeah, of a super mcmansion crazy yeah crazy overbought. looking yeah. over totally terrible looking place and uh uh his uh <laughs> it opens up like a dollhouse mm. right and then his wife is in a bath right she's <laughs> got the, diamonds goes, on she goes, honey, are you doing a presentation while I'm taking my bath again? Right. And he goes, oh, honey. And he goes, it's like, well, I was just out buying myself this diamond necklace and these diamond earrings and this diamond tennis bracelet. And he's like, okay, honey, how much did you spend on all of that? And it's like, well, it was a lot. Eighty-six dollars. <laughs> yeah, right, honey. That's it was just... twice our. That's uh, that's like two months of food. You know that's... that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> right. And it was like, and everyone's like, "Ooh, yeah. we can all be millionaires!" It's... Yeah, we'll all be millionaires. <laughs> and yes. like, so, like the, so, there's like a like there's a little bit of a flavor of the housing bubble in this. Like, there's yes. like the 2008 collapse. Like these, like these notes start just appearing in this. In mm -hmm. really like where you're just like, where is this movie going? Like it's because it's not like a slap. Like the ad was like, like Matt Damon carries a giant rose. It's, you know, it's still it's still it's still funny at this point. Still, right? right? right. You start getting these hints of the that the capitalistic thing, right. and then obviously the guy the the, the first. Huh? Moment is when the guy in the bar is like, "Shouldn't you get less of a vote because yeah. you're not doing anything to the economy?" Right. I was like, "Wait, what?" Um, and even anyway. that does not uh, really say where the movie is going. That says where the movie will be going in the more immediate sense, but it doesn't tell you where it's going to be going all the way. Right. <laughs> like, this, mm -hmm. this movie's a trip. This movie's a trip. Please continue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing I should note is that, you know, obviously they can't have anything with them that's shrunk down, right? right. Since right. the only thing they can shrink down is themselves. Mm -hmm. So none of they have to sell off all of their belongings mm -hmm. and they have this teeny little box the size of a shoebox, right? Mm -hmm. That they can stuff anything there that they can keep. That's the only thing they can take with them to this, to the other place. So they put right. like some special letters, their wedding rings, right. things like that, right. right? And they take that to... Uh, they put that in this little box and it's a very it's kind of a strange shaped box, which we'll find out later why that is. Mm -hmm. um, and then they, um, and so then they're, they're getting ready to go. Right. And so they start the procedure and it's very much set up like a, like a, like a, 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 a factory of, uh, you know, 
like you know in a series like so everyone's going through the procedure first they get all get shaved uh then they they get sedated and then they uh uh take out all their teeth all their dental work that needs to be removed right. and then they all get put into this giant room and they turn on the switch and then right. <laughs> they get taken out into these <laughs> they take out their their bodies with these little spatulas, which is yeah, it's, uh, like that, that sequence. Just when they, they pull back into the room and you see all the tables where all, formerly all these naked people were lying. Right. Now there's just these really tiny, like, like Vienna sausage sized people, like <laughs> lying like kind of off center on all the beds. And it's like, yep. it's just so fucking strange. Like it's such a strange yeah. image. And then they just go by and they pick them up with a spatula and they put them in like a little tiny doll bed. Little tiny like, it's, it's yeah. utterly bizarre. And like, it's, it's like kind of funny, but more like getting, it's getting kind of twilight sunny. Uh, yeah. And this is what Matt Damon, like Matt Damon and his, and Kristen Wiig are like, okay, ready to do this. And Matt Damon gets let off to go through the procedure goes through the procedure. right because there was going to be that they have is like oh you'll be reunited with your husband he's going in a men's section and you're going right, to and then section. someone will take it the other way right right, right. but matt damon wakes up jaw hurts because he's yep. been taken out and replaced by other new teeth uh yes and- that, that was an interesting thing like they had teeth they made miniature teeth of their other teeth yes while they were sleeping and then they replaced those miniature teeth right so they right. redo the dental work basically yes. right and uh mm-hmm. but he's like <laughs> shave bald shave no eyebrows nothing right uh, right. He wakes up. And he wakes up in this really interesting, minimalist, very clean looking, almost Swedish looking thing. But you could tell that it, uh, like the door handles look like they were, like everything, even looks, though it was full size. Yeah, it yeah. looks small. Like everything, like they do, it's such a great production design. Like they have, like, yeah. like the bed looks like, like it just has just the right details to make you go, like, that's a toy bed. <laughs> yeah like the wood grain is too big you know that kind of stuff. right and it's it's very very yep. cleverly done you know and like the nurse comes in she's like oh do you, are you hungry you want a snack and like right. and as a joke pulls in like a saltine cracker which is the size is, of like a pizza box yeah, yeah huge huge, huge yeah. yeah you know and she's and like oh he's like, like we do that all the time yeah right <laughs> and he's like where's my wife and she's like oh i'm sure she's still being processed right and still being processed in fact and then she chickened. He out. gets a phone call. <laughs> she chickened he, out. He gets, a, he gets a phone call, and she's like at the airport, and she's bald and has one, one eyebrow. eyebrow. The other one, she, one, the other one is shaved. And she's like, I, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. It's like, wait, wait, what? It's like I just couldn't do it. And she's right. like, I, and she just, she's just gone. She's just gone. She's just like, she's like, I just, I had to make choices for myself, and he's like. I'm fucking five inches tall. <laughs> like totally flips out of her, you know, and just like, and she just is gone from the movie, disappears from the movie. Yep. And, completely gone. And uh, that's it. And, and that's <laughs> it. Like now he's stuck permanently as five inch tall man. Right. In, in, in the right. world. Right. And, and, and like she uh, files for divorce against him. <laughs> like, yes. he has to go through the divorce like he has to sign the divorce papers and he is literally standing on the divorce papers and he right. has to sign his name in this gigantic like field for his name and he starts to yeah. sign it and the guy's like uh, it's because you can please <laughs> he's like, <laughs> scrape the bed across to sign the <laughs> so ridiculous and, uh, but yeah just Matt Damon tiny little Matt Damon standing on this lawyer's desk having signed divorce papers is the, that's, that's about as funny as the movie gets like that's just <laughs> raw comedy um, but then he 
like slams hard. Well, so, 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 so he goes like they had it all set up, right? So he, they had the big suburban house that they were right. supposed to have, right? Mm -hmm. He moves into there, but there's like he's pissed off. There's nothing that he wants, there, right? <laughs> exactly. And then this truck shows up with, which looks like the back, and the back of it is basically what was the shoebox, but now is like the size of a like a like a like a moving van, right? Right. right. <laughs> so, and it's filled with his giant wedding ring and his <laughs> giant letters and giant whatever they had in there and their keepsake, and they sort of move all that crap into the house, and he's like, "Oh fuck, fuck, right?" It stinks. Yeah, like I'm, I'm totally going to be divorced and living in a giant, you know, cheesy mansion. Right. Uh, and so he heads into basically depression for the next mm -hmm. you know, next year. And but he gets a job. Yep. He gets a job as uh, uh, working for on the phone for Land's End for of mm -hmm. all places, which right. is hilarious and as well. The fact that he gets a job reveals that what they sold him isn't exactly true. Like there's something changing about the economy of small land that slowly gets revealed about how this place really works. Like right. it's cause like initially you think like, Oh, he's just like, he's got 12 million bucks. You can fucking do what he do what you please. But then you're just like, right. it, it sort of doesn't even explain it. It's just sort of like, well, he's, you know, now he's at a shitty boring job and you're like, interesting. Right. Like maybe he's doing this to pass the time, but you know, maybe economic forces aren't quite what they seem in or in or as they were sold. Right. Uh, and like his, you know, his buddy, Jason Sudeikis is like, oh, well you can get, you know, you know, like meet, meet like, uh, there's, there's lots of, uh, you know, single moms here, like hook up with them. Cause they're like, that's where the real fun is and all this stuff. Right. And, and Matt Damon does hook up with like single mom and she dumps him. <laughs> like, yeah. Everything. And she was not a very interesting person and not yeah. a very good person. Yeah. And so yeah. like, it, like it just gets more and more. Like it's just like sunlit but bleak for this whole section. Yeah, right. But Jason Sudeikis still has like the luxury life, right? He still right. has the like, yeah, right. It's very, very strange. So he like uh, you see that Matt Damon is not really living in a mansion. He is really living in like a nice apartment uh, because he mm -hmm. has upstairs neighbors, right? And the upstairs right. neighbor is Christoph Waltz. Yes. And, Chris and he's very loud. And he's very loud. He has parties all the time. Right. And uh, and when he's when Matt he's very European or very German, right? So he yes. has these these crazy these crazy parties with supermodels everywhere, right. and and it's just like you know. But Christoph Waltz is super nice to him. It's like, come on in. Why don't you yeah. just like instead of complaining about the noise? Why don't you just join the party? Right, exactly. Right, and Matt Damon's just been dumped by his new girlfriend, and so he's like, he goes to the party, but he's just sort of like, you know, lonely nerd at party. Like, he like he can't connect. Right, with he doesn't know anyone there. Yeah, right. it'd be like you or me going to a model filled with super a party yeah, filled a party with supermodels. Super <laughs> just like you feel awkward, and like there's like yeah. disco ball dancing, all this kind of stuff, and you're just like, right, a little lumping through. Um, right, uh, and this uh, and this woman comes to him and uh, basically offers him like, but you know take some drugs and let's set yourself free. And so mm -hmm. he hesitates, but goes for it. And then it ends into Matt Damon's tripping. And even that is really funny because That's... it's, it's not even like a sexy trip. It's just Matt Damon 
version of a trip. <laughs> it's a it's a funky tripping. Like it's right. a sequence that it's not it's not done as a comedy, really. Right. Right. But it's just like he is going into a different world. He's yes. experiencing things differently. It's really bizarre. Really right. bizarre. Right? And in in a sense, it is the second bizarre transition of the film. Like Yes. Yeah, because when he first... wakes up, when he wakes up, that's when things get very strange again. Yes, yes. So like, <laughs> he, he trips out, like everything's spacey and whatever, and then he wakes up on the floor of Christoph Waltz's place. And right. uh, he's chatting with Christoph Waltz, and a cleaning crew comes in to start right. cleaning the messed up apartment from the party, right? And the the the, the first, like, he's watching them come in and watch them start to clean, and, like, this is the first time I was like, wait a minute, I thought everyone's supposed to be millionaires. Right. Like, isn't everybody in small? That's the whole reason to become small, right? Right. Right. But there's right. a cleaning crew. But there's, there's definitely a cleaning crew. Yeah. And, and like, like, and there, and it's made up of people who you would normally see, like poor people who work in a cleaning group, you know? Right. Uh, and like, and, uh, and like, you know, people that like people from, uh, segment society, like, you know, like, you know, like, uh, you know, that are coming in to clean your house, like here's you know, yep. Hispanic and black and, you know, and like no white people at all. And they're coming in to clean the house. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? Like what's happening here? Right. Like, I thought that if you were here, you were miraculously rich. Turns right. out that that's not true. <laughs> yep. And you slowly come to realize that the economy of small world is exactly the same as the big world. Well, there's a couple things that they note on here, which is interesting. One is, um, and who's the other guy? The other German guy. He he. Oh, uh, he was, Udo Kier. Right? Is it Udo, Udo Kier, Kier? I think. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, and he was like, he, I think it's like, he's like, in here he is like, if you're you're either you're either very rich or you're not at all rich or something yes. like that. Like right. so he said something like that. It's like, and then we find out that there's there was a group of people that were forcibly turned small. Yes. Yeah. Like by political political refugees of sorts. Right. Like like this weirdly you're an enemy of the state in whatever country, and as a punishment, you are made small. Right. And they right. just and and uh and you know you you're like you're small and poor in small land. Right. And right. then you have the idea and then you get the impression that for instance, like most of the people that are like on the cleaning crew and whatnot, like they are uh they are taking this gig because like they're offered at least some amount of money and a permanent job when they didn't, they couldn't even have that before in the large world. Like they were poor there and now they're going to be made small and they will be poor, basically slaves here as well. You know? right. And so you can't like, they can't like, it's just like how the military um, will uh, try to get as many low income people to sign up for the army as possible. You know, like, oh, we right. promise you, you know, you know, paying for schools. And I'm like, there's lots of positive stuff about that. But like, right. they're also like, they, they are, they know that people in a tight position are going to say yes to things they wouldn't normally say yes to. Right. Right. And so they, they, they target that economic strata to do so. And that's what happens here as well. Like, they're right. just like, well, we need people to fucking clean the houses. That doesn't change. And you're not going to get any of the rich people to do that. So we need shitty workers who have to do shitty jobs and they're going to be poor and that's how it's going to be. And it's going to be made up of, you know, people that suffered in the real world and the big world are going to now suffer here and it's going to be permanent. Like, and that's 
just the economy of the world made small. Right. And it's, it's interesting because the, the, it's, it's basically saying in a sense that capitalism is a lie, right? right. Like right. the whole thing is a lie, right? Yeah. Like there is still, and, and what's weird is that now you, tr you take Matt Damon and you trigger this, his, uh, I want to help people. Yes. Right. Mentality. Right. And because he sees on the news the, about the woman who's uh, who was punished to be small. Right. When mm -hmm. she was shipped over like, uh, in like she, a cereal box or something. Right. Like I mean, there's there's a woman who is uh, in a, like leading protests in Southeast Southeast Asia against this repressive government. And mm -hmm. uh, and uh, uh, she was as a punishment, you know, her and other um, uh, uh, protesters were made small. They tried to escape by um, hiding in a television box, and that meant that's like, right. right? And more than you know, almost all of them were crushed by shit moving around. And uh, and like, what was it? Her is it her sister or something like that? Is like also killed in this, and and like, and she had like an infected leg that had to be removed below the knee. And this, like, Matt Damon sees this on the news, and it activates all of his as you're saying, like, you know, like sympathy for right. someone in that position. And like one of the, one of the cleaning crew turns out to be this person, that lady. Right. right. And he recognizes her like, Oh my God, you know? And, right. uh, and like, you're the one who, um, you know, who uh, had this terrible journey and now you're stuck here. And like, he doesn't really understand what's happening. Like, how did this happen? Right. Right. Um, and then he goes and follows her around the house mm -hmm. and she's just rifling through uh, 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 Christoph Waltz's medicine cabinet. Right. And right. your and initial response taking... is like, she's stealing drugs because she's junky she's... or she's whatever. That's right. right. And so you think it's like, and he's, and she looks at him and, and he's feels like he caught her and she looks at him and goes, what's it do? And like, she has a very like harsh, you know, Vietnamese accent as she's right. talking. Right. And she's like, what this do, what this do. And so, um, he's like, uh, well, I don't, I, I think that's for pain. I was like, okay, what about this? What? And she basically asked him about all the different drugs. Right. And she's saying like, oh and, no, it's for my friend. It's not for me. It's for my friend. And Matt Damon's like, for my friend. sure. Yeah. I guess right. that's true, <laughs> but right. I'm a physical therapist. But then you find out that Christoph Waltz doesn't fucking care. He just lets her take whatever she wants. Yeah, exactly. He just like, <laughs> take, go ahead, take the food, take the drugs. I don't give a shit. I'm rich. Take the food out of the fridge. Take everything. Right. I don't care. Right. And uh, and uh, and Matt Damon looks at her like she's got she's like hobbling around because her her false leg is yeah. badly prosthetic. Fitted, right. Her prosthetic mm -hmm. is badly fitted and it's really messing up her hip and her knees and the way she walks and all this kind of stuff. And so he wants to say, like, I can help you with that. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know anything about drugs or anything like that, but I can help you with this. Uh, and she's like, OK, well, come help my friend, you know, and uh, so he goes back with the drugs to her where she lives. Well, right. no, they get on a bus. Oh, That's yeah, get on the bus, right? Because everyone had these little mini golf cart type things that were driving around. Right. Everyone just like had them everywhere. But somehow there's a bus full of poor people. Right. And you're like, right. Wait a minute. Like, like this is where the movie's like. Where you're like, okay, so why why is there a bus? Why is there a cleaning crew? Why is like what is all this happening? Right. And he rides the bus with her, and the bus rides out of the border of 
Right. Uh, so just to, to, to keep in perspective, the whole place is like an oval where all these amazing houses are inside a whole. And it's probably somewhere like in Arizona, right? right. So so all the grass is green, the suburbia, everything, you know, like ponds, country clubs, all that shit like that, right? And they're driving through this suburban town in the bus. And then the bus has this teeny hole in the wall. And the bus goes through the hole in the wall to the outside where it's a crappy desert. <laughs> yeah, it's like completely unprotected. You know, Complete, like well, a there's a there's a net. There's a net. Oh, like a net. Over. Yeah, exactly right. And and then there, there's like four small boxes. Right. I don't know how big these boxes are, but they, they're not very big. Yeah, it's right? like you know, like five five feet tall. These like little you know sort of like like cobbled together, corrugated you know metal right. things. Right. There's like it's basically. I mean, it looks a little bit like 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 the the stacks from uh, uh, um, Ready Player uh, One. Or... Ready Player One. Right. right? right. So and, and it's just they're just sort of laid out there, but because they're so small, you go inside. It's huge inside. Yeah, right. Pantry. And inside and it's, like, is a full-size TV set that is basically a giant community TV set that's constantly playing right. movies, right? You know, and so it's and this, it, it it's is basically the slums. World. Yeah, it's the, and it's the slums of the of the small world, right? right. And this and everyone has the teeny little apartments, teeny yeah. little houses all over the place, right. and that's and, the, and, the, and this is where all the uh, you know all all the, the underclass that, lives. the underclass like everyone who cleans houses and takes care of all these. Rich small jobs, lawnmowers. Yeah. Yep, yep. They now they are living outside the beautiful place and in the shittiest part of town again. Like the like, so society has simply repeated itself, only small. Right. Right. And uh, Matt Damon is like shocked of it. This is real. Like he's like, what the fuck is this place? Right. Right. Uh, and because this is completely opposite what we was sold. And this is where this is where casting Matt Damon gets really interesting. Right. Because Matt Damon is a known activist. He's very left wing and he is prone to be in movies like uh, um, uh, Elysium and in um, uh, the movie about the, uh, uh, the the fracking movie that he did with. Uh, mm. uh, uh, yeah, like I can't remember. The, uh, I can't think of the name of it, but he did it with the guy uh, uh, from uh, the who, shoot. I can't even think of it. The guy who directed and starred in um, A Quiet Place, John. What's his face? Oh, uh, uh, the guy, yeah, from The Office. Yeah, um, and so he's very good. John Krasinski. John Krasinski yeah. and, and, and Matt Damon are in a good Gus Van Sant movie, oh, Promised Land. Mm -hmm. I knew it'd get there. It's called Promised Land, and it's about right. fracking, right? And so Matt Damon is attracted to uh, the kinds of movies that say, uh, that support left-wing views and promote, you know, helping needy people and, right. uh, and, and uh, and sort of getting involved in, uh, you know, uh, positive green things, pro-teacher stuff, anti-war stuff, right? So casting Matt Damon in this movie and then having him show up in his place, yeah, like immediately thinks, ah, now I know why Matt Damon wanted to do this movie. Like it's actually a political movie that is saying something about um, how we keep on sort of burying the underclass. And that's right. true. At this point in the movie, that, at that this is point in the movie, also not where the movie stays. Nope. <laughs> nope. Um, now she. The, the, we should know that uh, that the this woman who's the the, the Vietnamese woman mm -hmm. with uh, one leg is 
absolutely amazing performance in this film. Oh, she's terrific. She's the best person. In, she's in a good, she's in a great the, cast. She's the best of the entire. She cast. is by yeah, yeah. And, and with with Christoph, like everyone yeah. in this is Everyone's really really good. good but, yeah, but she, but she is just like the where is this where is this person coming from and yeah. why have I I don't think I've ever heard of her before. Yeah. Have you no. heard of her? No, no. But you're like a totally committed performance. Very right. uh, emotionally raw performance and, uh, and like really like, I mean, I, I, I don't know what her, uh, actual, uh, skills in English are, but she makes she's... like, like she, yeah. uh, like, because she only speaks limited English, like it, like it really plays up the idea of like how little, like even Matt Damon takes her seriously simply because she doesn't speak English. And, right. uh, and as the movie goes on, like uh, you're seeing more and more depth to her character through her actions. And it becomes very emotional and very real when initially this seems like sort of like a mismatch buddy comedy gag uh, of a movie. It actually goes way deeper and way uh, in, in a much, much different direction than it initially seems. And she is, she leads the charge on that. She's absolutely fantastic. So like Matt Damon goes to her place and she does have. A so plan. she is actually. Well, wow, this is interesting. She's actually. Uh, she's Thai. Uh, yeah. I think she was born in. She was born in Thailand, but she yeah. was raised in New Orleans. Oh wow! Wow. She, she graduated uh, from Boston University. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she's, yeah, she's very she's, good. Yeah, she's I mean, she's terrific in this movie. Real real home run and like, uh, and she's sort of the secret weapon of the movie. You know, like yeah. because you don't uh, like. You know, uh, like when you first see her and like, like her, like her character, like it seems like sort of like a minor comedy gag. The fact that she and Matt Damon are having an exchange is like, okay, well, it's a comedy movie. And, you know, like he's an earnest guy trying to help out, you know, this woman, she doesn't speak very much English. So you get like misunderstandings galore, wah, wah, wah. And that's the movie. That's not Mm -hmm. what the movie does. That's what the movie wants to, wants you to think it's going to do. And then it doesn't do that which is basically the theme of the movie. <laughs> like it it right. wants you to think it's doing this and then it does this. It does, it's like, there's so many changes. Like, you know, you start off with this. I was like, Oh, okay. So downsizing. Oh, it's going to be about hippie communal culture. Nope. It's going to be about capitalism. Nope. It's nope. going <laughs> yeah. to be about, uh, you know, uh, finding a, finding a woman again, like falling in love in, in right. a small world. Nope. nope. It's not going to be. A... <laughs> <laughs> like, it's really wild. So you it's see like, like every. Yeah, it's yeah, constantly, it, it constantly doing constantly something different than the channel on you. And I think that this is a this is I think this makes for a rough ride for almost anybody. Uh so when I said right. like you can fall off this movie pretty easily, that's what I mean. It's like it's not like so much of a tonal shift, it's just a sort of shift in attention as to what is important in the film. Like and it keeps right. on like readjusting itself and readjusting itself. Uh and so you have this uh like uh when he gets to her apartment, you know, like, you know, it's a lousy place to live. Her, she does have a friend who really does need medication, but like her friend is like on death's door and mm-hmm. Matt Damon is not a doctor. Like, he's just like, you got to right. get her to hot. Like, I don't even know what to do. It's ridiculous. Right. Yeah. No, you, yeah. you doctor, you doctor. Yeah. You and doctor. He's like, yeah, just act like a doctor is, you know, just like, come on, take care of her. And he's like, I don't know, like give her some Percocet and like, <laughs> how much? Oh, uh, two, maybe. I don't know. And she's like, I'm going to give her four. That doesn't sound like enough. <laughs> right. Uh, and he works on her, works on her leg, works on the uh, artificial leg, breaks it. Uh, right. And so now he's like, 
wrecked her leg. The only, like, without that, like, she can't continue yeah. her business. And now he's like, oh, shit, now I have to help her, you know, uh, help her with her business so she doesn't, like, lose money and make her right. leg worse. And, like, until the new artificial leg is ready. And so right. he goes back and he's going to help her out. Friend dies. And then he goes and <laughs> the friend, like the friend that led them there, the friend, like, oh, you got to help my friend. Friend's dead the next day, you know? right? And like, did, did she didn't know her really well, but you know, she's just like, well, you know, at least she died with a smile on her face, you know, right. like someone was caring for, her and I gave her four Percocet. She felt great, <laughs> you know? right? And like Matt Damon's just totally confused as to what his life has become. What's what's going on here? Right. <laughs> right. And so now he has to help her because she doesn't have an artificial leg and she, he goes to clean houses and whose house does he walk into but Christoph Waltz's house. Waltz's house, of course. <laughs> he just bursts out laughing at him. <laughs> like, uh, right, now you're, now you're stuck on a cleaning crew when you should be a yeah. millionaire like me. You know, right. Like what? What is what is your sense of you know helping others brought you? Is essentially the yeah. question sort of being put, put it was like, great, right? Exactly. Like what have you have you done anything to actually make no? Instead of making your life better, you've gone down to there. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nothing is better, and your life is worse. Yeah. So what, what, what's happening for you? You know. And right. so they like him and Udo Kier sort of like go, okay, well, we'll we'll get you out of this. Don't worry. About right. It. Right. Um, and uh, so we're going to make up this, like, I know this guy. And so it's, it's like, I'm connected to the guy who had been initially invented downsizing. We saw in the beginning of the movie. Right. Right. And like, we're going to go to Norway. They, can't, they keep talking about they travel everywhere. Right. They, they travel, travel everywhere. everywhere. Right. right. And it's super right. cheap to fly and everything because they're so small. So, so <laughs> you can pack so many people in. And so like, the, <laughs> the thing is, I mean, this is, this is like, this really, it just as a side thing, like it is so, <sighs> It is so cheap to be rich and so expensive to be poor. And this movie right. shows this off so well. Like, right. it's like, there's a, you know, it's like the, um, uh, what's, who's the, Terry Pratchett, great, great author, uh, died a little while ago. Um, I explained it really well. It's just sort of like, you know, poor people, you know, like they, if you don't have very much money and you need to buy shoes, you can only afford to buy the shitty shoes. And those shitty shoes are only going to last two months, at which point right. you have to buy another set of shitty shoes. And over the same period of time that it takes for expensive sneakers to wear down, they have spent more on shitty shoes than the that's rich what, spend on expensive sneakers. That's what my grandfather, that's one of his famous sayings is I'm too poor to buy cheap shoes. I'm, exactly, dude. Like, that's like, that's the thing, right? I mean, like, be, like the life, like the life of like the, the life of poverty leads you to think out of necessity in extremely short term ways. Right? right. And, uh, and like, it puts you in a position to remain in that spot. And the reason why I bring that up is like, there is this movie both talks about this and shows this happening, but also sort of uses this as a mechanism to say something spiritual later which is mm -hmm. very interesting to me so i just want to put a pin in that now to say this this there's something genius this movie does at the end which i didn't it was the last turn it makes and i didn't expect it it's really really great and it's based on that basic idea that it's set up here so the, the reason why they're bringing all this in is not just because it's important and matt damon wants to talk about this stuff but also it becomes uh ultimately metaphorical of what the movie is saying that's sort of a mechanism. Right. Uh, so, yeah, like, uh, he becomes part of the cleaning crew. They come up with this plan, like, okay, so Christoph Waltz happens to know the guy who uh, invented this stuff. 
we're going to go to Norway and hang out and we're going to tell um, your friend, you know, with no leg, listen, sorry, he can't stand your cleaning crew because it's a very important talk we all have to have in Norway. All those rich people are going to go talk to that guy. It's very, 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 very important. And like, and the, and, and that guy has actually been talking to Christoph Waltz. Like, please come with this very important thing is going on. And you get a little bit there's of something, it's something I need to tell you about. I need to tell you about this. I need, please come. There's something I need. To, and Christoph yeah. Waltz doesn't take this very seriously, but this is the, the guy who invented the downsizing. It's like, you must come and talk. It's very, very important. And Christoph Waltz, right. like, well, whatever, fucking go to Norway. It'd be fun. Uh, but, and they have this beautiful yacht. And he was like, well, how do you get the, that yacht? to Norway. He goes, FedEx. FedEx. <laughs> exactly. Right? And so, oh, like, right. so like they, uh, uh, like they, they say to, uh, the, uh, uh, the woman with one, with one leg, they're like, so we, sorry, we can't work in the cleaning crew back in a couple of weeks, you know, we're going to go to Norway and they explain it. And she's like, great, I'll come to Norway with you. And they're like, right. That's not, no, that's not what we meant. And she's like, no, that guy wrote to me. Like many, many people wrote to me after my ordeal right. that was in the news. Um, and I go, everyone, I go talk to him. Yeah. And like <laughs> he, he invited me because he was so moved by my experience. And I, I right. always wanted to take him up on this, but I've never had the chance because I've always been so busy because I have to work. And so now if, if you're going, I'm going because like right. it really, it saved my life to know that someone actually uh, cared about what, what happened. You know, right. and uh, and she delivers this in such a powerful speech, like that. I was I was shocked at that point in the movie. I was like, "Whoa, what?" Like the movie has surprises, but like an Academy Award winning performance in the middle of a comedy scene that turns into something extremely powerful was not what I was expecting at all. Right. Like when she lays that out, you're like holy smokes like suddenly the character goes from like you know a one-page joke to a uh three-page good background character to suddenly almost the main character of the film in a single yep. scene uh and she does it so well it's kind of shocking right and they're all like they can't say no now and so they're like i guess we're going to norway and so right they go to norway and the next time you see them is they're on a lovely boat. And then also I have to give props to the VFX team. Always keeping the water at the proper scale. Is I was going to say that <laughs> they made the water, they made the water look like, like oil, like yeah. very. And so there was no, there was no fine chop or no fine ripple. So it was looking right. like they were just, it, it, yeah, it was strange. It was a great, great, it's concept very subtle it. and it's universal in every shot. They have right. water in. they don't point it out. It's just like, it's always a little bit weird. It's very soupy yeah. and strange, and I really appreciate that. There's so many fine details in this movie that they don't point out. It's it's really, really a nice job. I wish that more people had talked about it. It's a beautifully designed, visually beautifully designed movie. Um, but they go to Norway, and they're on this lovely boat, and you see the guy mm -hmm. from the beginning of the movie who invented downsizing, and he and his wife right. are there, and uh, and like very hippie community, <laughs> and yeah, like and he's like, you know, like. Uh, it's like so great, so great to meet you. So great, and like they have a little conversation, but you can see the guy is like pretty radically depressed. He's looking around these right. beautiful fjords and all this stuff, and he's like, you know, like God has said, you know, God worked down the, you know, took millions of years of evolution, weather, and everything else to 
make these trees work like this and the rock work like this. And here's this beautiful stuff. And it's all just useless because we're all going to die. And you're like, wait, wait, what? What? (laughs) (laughs) And in the background of the movie, they've been talking about how in the Arctic, uh, because of the uh, permafrost melting, more and more methane has been appearing in huge, deadly clouds. And it's getting like very, very bad. And it's coming towards it because the more methane there is, the more global warming there is, the more et cetera, et cetera. And he's, he just shows up and says like, well, the human race is doomed. Like we are like, this is it. Like it's over mass extinction, mass extinction. And it's happening right now. And, uh, and Matt Damon doesn't even know what to do with this information. You know, right. so he's just completely shocked. He's knocked sideways, and they're supposed to be going to like the original colony for small people, you know, right. and like having a good old time. And instead, they're on this dirge-like boat ride where this guy is saying, "Like, well, that's it for the human race." And right. Matt, Matt Damon's looking on the water, and like, you know, he's like trying to understand where what this means for his life and all this stuff. And he spent more and more time with her and like he wants to help her and connect with her. And so they become involved on the boat. Like they end up they, having, yeah, they, they end up having sex. They end up having sex. Right. And which is fun, like, there's a, that's a funny thing is like, what kind of, what kind of fuck this? Oh yeah. This is, that's like, one of my favorite yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, like there's, there's 10 kind of fucks in America. <laughs> like, is this, is this a baby fuck? Is this a, you know, like a uh, love fuck? Is this whatever it is? This comes up, this yeah. comes up later on, but like they have sex and, uh, and Matt Damon seems to have found again, his new purpose. Like the right. world, the world is ending, but now, you know, like, I can see it for the beauty of being with her and taking care of her. Okay. Then he gets to the colony and the colony mm-hmm. reacts like, Oh, you know, our, our leader is here. The guy who created downsizing. All right. And the colony looks like a, like a wash with Anne. She's like, Oh, it looks like a fairy town. It looks like a, like a fairy tale town, like right. green moss house covered, blah, blah, all this stuff. It looks like a weird mm-hmm. little sort of fantasy Hobbit model. Town. Hobbit town. Yeah. Right. And everyone there is dressed in sort of like this hippie fashion and they use a lot of like they have miniaturized horses and they live in this very sort of like you know green life in a in the old ways kind of kind of thing uh and uh and they all love this guy and the guy is like well you know the world is ending but at least we can do something to save the human race and he reveals that there is they've built a tunnel underground deep underground where all of the de- all these downsized people can go there and then 8000 years later come back out on the surface of the earth and humanity will repopulate itself like right. this happened before there was a terrible pinch this drew a terrible pinch in our evolutionary chain where humanity probably dipped down to this in the movie like 2000 but it's like somewhere between 2000 and 10000 people were the only humans right. left on earth and we grew back to billions and so that's right. he makes a passionate argument for this to say like well as the clouds of methane are going to kill us all and uh and there's no hope left for what we've done to this planet we're all going to move underground and live in a tiny town underground and right gives a big speech about this and that damon's like i finally found my purpose right <laughs> 
<laughs> and he goes, he's like, this is beautiful. I can finally do something to help the whole world. Right. And Christoph yeah. Wall's like, they're a cult. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. You nuts. <laughs> and then I think Udo Kier says, well, I was like, yeah, we maybe have a couple hundred years left, but no, fuck it. Let's just, we'll be dead. We're alive anyway. right now. <laughs> like, why are you going to go live in a hole? It's dumb. Right. You know? And most importantly, she's like, fuck no. Like, no way. Right. Like, like, like she, I mean, cause she's about, she's 100% about like, she, like she's about the immediate experience and like, right. Like her, 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 the trap she was in before was like her immediate experience up till a certain point is like, I must be responsible to work cause I have to make money to do the thing. But in going to Norway, like, and getting a little bit of a different perspective and hooking up with Damon and all this stuff, like she's like, like, this is the important thing. Like, like making choices to be happy right now for yourself is what will actually lead to greater happiness everywhere because this is the only thing you can control is what's happening for you like like you can you know try to define yourself by you know through other people if you want to which is what matt damon's consistently done through the entire film you know like other other people's needs other people's causes other people's whatever but uh, but he has no idea of who he himself is or, or what he wants. Right. right. And he basically gets it with her and then doesn't see it. Like right. she sees it. He doesn't like, she's like, this is it. This is what like, like all of it. Like she has like, what, she's religious in the movie. She believes in, she believes in the Bible and Jesus and all this stuff. And he's like, that's bananas. Yep. Right. Um, but she does have a vision of like, like, this good thing has happened and I want that to continue. Like it's not a chain. It's not like a coincidence and a chain of events that leads to something greater in the future. It's something great that's happening right now. Like embrace that, embrace that happiness. And Matt Damon's like, but the future and humanity and living in a hole. All right. And he goes off to live in the hole and he's like, I'm going to march down with everybody else and live in the hole. And you know, Udo Kier and, uh, and uh, uh, Christoph Waltz, like, they wish him well. They're like, oh, yeah. it's your choice, man. Go and live in a hole if you want with a bunch of fucking crazy people. <laughs> you're like, you're all going to you're all, you're all kill yourself way before we end up dying. <laughs> That's, that, that, was, that, that was funny. Yeah, he said it was like, they're all going to end up just killing each other before, before anything else happens. I right, like, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and like, uh, and, uh, and Matt Damon's like, it tries to go in for the kiss with her. And she's like, fuck off. Like, Don't be an right. idiot. You know, like we, we had it like, and you're just walking away from it. And he starts to go down the right. hole and he suddenly starts going, wait a minute. What the fuck am I doing? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, like I'm off on this giant dramatic quest and here I am like walking 11 miles into the earth forever. Right. Like this is just as dumb a transition as I've made multiple times in this movie uh right and he's like fuck this i'm i'm running back and he's got his right. little coat bag like his uh, rolling uh, suitcase with him and all this stuff and like he runs <laughs> back out of there he can't like he barely gets through in time and like loses the suitcase behind him you know right and, and then in that moment it's like this is the whole like this is what i should choose to do right like right. this is i am embracing what i love and then the movie makes its most awesome turn for me 
right? Where you just go like, because yeah. if it left it there, it would have been like, and now he made the happy choice. So he's just going to be happy in Norway. No, it's not. Of course, it's not good. that's not like he doesn't live in Norway. You can't just go and live there. Like it yeah. cuts back to, you know, small land. And he's, you know, he's helping her fucking deliver food to the folks on her route. The way she like, cause she gets food from, you know, the rich houses and she delivers it to other people who need food. And she goes and the cleans houses and all the regular jobs she was doing before. And now he's working right. with her doing that. Right. And the last time you see them together is like, they're in a car, he gets out like, and she's like, well, I mean, you got to take this and don't forget about doing it. And he's like, Oh fuck, stop obsessing. And like slams the door. And like, that's the right. last you see of their relationship. Like it's not like some happy ending for them. It's an actual relationship. Where you know it's right. like they're in a relationship and it's not necessarily bad, but in that moment we see them, they happen to be fighting. Like the choices right. that the choice he has made is to engage his actual situation, right? And so he's in it and he's in, he's kind of pissed off, he's carrying bags of food and he's dropping the food off and all this stuff. And then he uh, goes and sees this one guy stuck in a wheelchair in the metal, you know, the shack that everyone lives in. And he gives him, right. uh, gives him some. Uh, dinner, some chicken, and he talks with him for a little bit, and for a second, like has this pleasant little exchange. Sees he made, made, made makes this guy's life just a little tiny bit better by doing this, and he's like, "Cool, all right, I'll see you later," and walks off. And as he's walking off, he goes, like he turns and looks back at the dude, and goes, and you can see on his face, like, "I just made that dude's life just a little bit better, like this little tiny bit. That's it, right? And that's worth it." Like there's no story right. to be told about that. I just did this in the moment. Right. And then he walks out the door back to ostensibly his wife, Vietnamese one-legged woman. And I'm like, right. that's to me, that's the sort of perfect ending where it's not a fantasy ending. Like he arrives in this moment of like, be in the moment and appreciate the moment. Be like, right. make the good and right choice for yourself and to be kind to other people and be kind to yourself in the moment. Like that's your story. There is no greater story in which you're saving the world or you're right. keeping your, your desperate wife happy, or you're, you know, so solving the problem of poverty in this, in the new setting that you've gone into. And there's no secret right. solutions like that. Like magically you'll be rich. Nope. Nope. Like, none of these stories are true. Like the only thing that is valid is you are present. And we're gonna we're gonna be the ultimate hippie leftist community living underground. Nope, that's a nope. terrible idea. <laughs> that's a terrible <laughs> idea. And it's in that right. moment I was like, it's an Alexander Payne movie, of course. Right. Like for all of its glowy, big, crazy visuals that are like all these Spielbergian kinds of setups, like ultimately this is the dude that made election citizen Ruth and the descendants. And like right. He believes in the goodness of people in the moment and everything else is difficult. Stories are difficult to handle. You tell yourself stories, you lie to yourself about stuff and it fucks you up left and right all the time. And the only thing you can choose to be choose to do is be good to the people you care about in the moment. That's it. And I was just like, it's, it's such a huge, elaborate, uh, complex and expensive way to say that, that it made that last scene all the better. Well, the, you know, it was funny. The, 
well, I was just suddenly I was like, you know, this is like about Schmidt. And I was like, oh fuck, that's also an Alexander Payne. That's movie. Alexander Payne again, exactly. <laughs> right? Because because it's just like if you think about what Jack Nicholson goes through in that movie, it's like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. Like I mean, it's like in Citizen Ruth, it's like Laura Dern is the pregnant one. Like it's a it's a abortion right. comedy, and like the first half of the movie is uh, portrays the um, anti-abortionists who are trying to take control of her life and whatever, like, like as the crazy yeah. people like Swoozy Kurtz and all that, they're just like comically drawn caricatures of the, of the right wing trying to like control this woman's life and use it for their ends. Right. And then past the midpoint of the movie, it's like, and now let's meet the leftists who are exactly the same way. And here's yep. all these fucking cartoon idiots. <laughs> like, like he can't, like he, he doesn't have, an agenda to say, ah, see, this is what's wrong. It's these guys. Right. Like he goes, yes, I know that these people believe this is what is wrong. And that's why they're acting that way. And it's also causing these people over here to think that's what's wrong. And that's why they're acting that way. Like, right. And everyone's fucking stuck in their own little, stuck in their own little stories and stuck in their own little bubble and making decisions on things that just aren't actual. They're not real, you know? And so like watching it now, I was like, like this came out in 2017 and I'm like, I almost wish he had waited until now to make this because this movie is more, more revealing to how people think now than it is when it came out. Like, I, I really think yeah. that it, it's, it's a it's, it's kind of visionary in the way that it's talking about uh, how we, what, like what we owe to each other. And, uh, and I was really, I was really sort of struck with it in the end. I was like, this is really, it's a lumpy, awkward, uh, unexpected, sort of jagged, sometimes unpleasant experience, this movie. But at the end, I was like, no, got it. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting to me. I, I just thought, you know, just realizing, like, all these things, like, like sideways as well, right? I was like, mm -hmm. ugh. <laughs> Yeah, you know? yeah. So you know, it's funny because my mother went to see Sideways, and she thought she really expected like this is going to be a wonderful romantic story about someone wine in the wine and country. Sunshine. <laughs> yeah. No. Nope. <laughs> nope. Yeah. All right. No, hold on. It, I gotta. I gotta ban this person who's obviously a. Uh, oh, we got a bot. Nice. We got a there bot. Yeah, uh, want to become famous? You bet. Didn't you hear yeah. our podcast just now? It is uh, spammer bot. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I was really because I mean, this is the I mean, we talked about this in the show before, but you're just like uh, I am personally like the way that I vote and the way that I interact in my life is very left-wing. Like I am a very left-wing person and I believe in socialist ideals and all this stuff. Like this is all very much true. And that's the way I live my life and vote. Um, however, that doesn't mean I think people who disagree with me on this are the devil. Like, uh, and I think that we've gotten into a point where everybody, regardless of the political stripe you're a part of or whatever it is, we are so invested in telling ourselves stories about our journey and goodness and, you know, like how we're, 
helping the so-and-so. Like, well, it's their echo chamber problem too, yeah. though, right? Because right. the problem is it's like I keep hearing people that have my thoughts on social media because that's the only place I go. So the, every time I am exposed to someone who is left wing, it's usually through a very negative setting or contextually put together or edited as right. part of a something that makes that person look horrible. And I'm sure people on the right are seeing exactly the same thing. Yeah, like every, left, everyone right? creates cartoon versions of the people right. outside of themselves, which is an actual mental uh, mechanism in our minds. Uh, it's called the right. uh, primary attribution. Error. But I mean, it's the, uh, uh, the, like the, the, the movie just points out, like we are so susceptible because we don't know, you know, like it's hard to figure out what makes you happy sometimes. Like you can distract yourself into a hole. Um, sure. And uh, you know, when you, it's like, ah, oh, there's this thing outside of me that's going to give me a sense of meaning. Uh, it's very attractive. You know, and that's why you do have cults and stuff like that. Um, and I right. and I feel like we're, you know, we are all very susceptible to that in at least a minor way all the time through the way that we now communicate at all age groups and everything. Like that, like we're all the 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 uh, the you know, it's like we're the Norwegians going into the hole. Like that's what I was. Right. I was just like, motherfucker, that's us. <laughs> like, yeah. that, that, like we've convinced ourselves that this is the story and we, and we won't do anything else. You know, I think that's the thing is like these, this story keeps taking these turns that are like, this isn't the journey that you think you're on. Right. Right. And he's, he's done that with every one of his films. Right. He right. did that with the descendants, but more specifically like sideways and, and about Schmidt is like, you think you're going to go see a movie about wine country. Right. Or you're going to see, this old man, you know, trying to recover from the death of his wife, but he's going to go on a this, journey and find himself or maybe not. Right. Maybe, maybe not. That. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> maybe that won't happen. <laughs> right. You know? So, so yeah, it was, uh, uh, it was funny. I do want to note that uh, I liked Raddick's response. Like, wait, wait, I want to be famous. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it, Raddick. <laughs> Don't do yeah. it, Raddick. Don't yeah. be famous. <laughs> Have you learned nothing from this film? Being famous doesn't get you anything. Exactly. You'll be rich and all your problems are going to go away. Oh, I yeah. still have problems. Oh, it doesn't yeah. work the way I thought it did at all. Yeah. But I love the two German guys. They were so funny. They're like, meh. Like they had the the most interesting neutral attitude, even though they're exactly. completely rich, right? Yeah. Because Jason Sudeikis is definitely playing a stereotype, right? Like oh, he's playing the sure. stereotype, like the guy who's like, "Look at me, I'm rich and live in the country club, and I've got the right. suburban life." And everyone's fine, everything's great. I mean, like he's lying to himself yeah. up and down, obviously. Like, I mean, like right. he's he, like he's living a pretend life. Like he has bought into the right. bubble wholesale and like, well, he has because like Neil Patrick Harris totally sold him on it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm the guy. Right. Yeah. It's very funny. Yeah. Very funny. And so I, I really, ultimately, I think that like the, the movie, like I can say that, like, I recommend this movie, just hold on to your hat. Like it's not going to do what you want it to do, and that's kind right. of the point. Remember that it's an Alexander Payne movie. I think that's yeah. the best way you can say it. Just remember <laughs> that you're watching an Alexander Payne movie <laughs> because he, like that dude. You're right. It's like that dude refuses to give you a sense of uh, uh, what's the word like comfort. Yeah, <laughs> comfort and crescendo. Like you want the the breakthrough moment where someone really ta da in the movie, but the music plays and like ah, that never happens stage. in real life. And it just doesn't. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like you have these little moments where you sort of like realize something small, and that's actually quite important. That's manageable. 
there's no story to that where you're like, oh wait, that worked, that was good. Like that's it. And that's what happens then with Matt Damon in the end. Like for a moment, he's like, yes. And he has, and he's not even just having totally positive feelings. He's having clearly a complex set of reactions, but I believe right. it is cumulatively positive. Like he's, I, he's I think you're right. Like when, right he, place. when he helps that old, uh, you know, Hispanic guy in the, mm-hmm. who's watching the giant TV, it's not like he really made that person's life better, but he right. made it a little bit better. Just, and so just I think not. I think you're absolutely right. He accepts the fact that instead of trying to be this like, you know, Mother Teresa character, right? Just <laughs> just try to give him chicken yeah, right. every now and just then. Just do that because like because the, the thing is like I mean not even Mother Teresa was Mother Teresa. You know, like that's a that's a story. Like I mean she like she made lots of choices in her life to make you know people in the moment happy. That's what she did virtually professionally, right? But the story of when you say Mother Teresa, the story that's implied by that is something that nobody can choose to do, really. Like, that's a right. myth. That's mythological. Like, you can choose to be good every day. Like, you can choose to be good in the moment with people and be kind. Uh, that's manageable, and that's a human-scale thing, you know? And, like, and Christopher, Christopher Waltz is really interesting in that movie just because, like, you're saying, like he's saying, like it's it, it, he's not a bad guy. Like he's not, he's just neutral. He's just ex- I, this is life. Like this is the right. life that is happening around me. Like I'm participating in it in the way that I want to participate, and that's how it's going to be. He does. He also is. He has an interesting life. Like he mm-hmm. accepts. Like I'm, I'm going to have a party, right? And I'm going to do this, and, and that's that's cool. He's not trying to be famous. Right. He, ha- he is famous, but he's not trying to be famous. Right. That's not the right? goal. And he's just doing. Right. That's not the goal. Right. He's just like, eh, you know, having fun. Yeah, and he thinks of everything as just sort of like, isn't that funny? Well, it's, I mean, like, like right. whether it's good or good or bad, you're like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> like that's his point of view on yeah. virtually everything. You know, like oh, yep. the American dream in action. Look at that. You know, like, yeah. and huh. like, <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I think that like that's a it's a really complex thing to say because you know, like as a story. Like it's the difference between stories and real life. Like real life is not stories. Like, right. and and when you go to a movie, you have certain expectations uh, about coming out of the movie feeling great or sad or whatever it is. Like it builds to a thing, and you experience the thing, and then catharsis. And Alexander Pan's like, what if that isn't true in real life? Because it's not. Like. You're like, these things are happening around you and you can choose to be in on it or not, but that's what's happening in the moment. And I think that like the, uh, casting Matt Damon, who is traditionally the heroic figure who has a positive realization right, and then minimizing and almost mocking that, uh, through the du- most of the duration of this movie, and then finally giving him a realization that's like Skittles sized is very powerful. Right. Now it's a long, long way around to, to make that point, but it's a, I don't think, I don't think the point could be made that hard except for backing it with that entire movie. Like it's a really, right. it's a really, really strange thing to have done. And I appreciate that he spent so much fucking money doing it. Like, I don't know how he convinced anybody to make that money in that movie. That's bizarre. Yeah. I mean, I think that, that, that ending is very good. I don't know if it's as good an ending Although a similar ending, 
as the ending of Sideways, where he eats, a, eats the burger and drinks the Chateau Cheval Blanc out of the styrofoam cup. <laughs> yes. Because that is, that is like the mm, uh, yes. chef's kiss of, yes. Of, yes. Of, of endings like yes. that. It's great. Uh, very great. Very great. Uh, which, which, Again, my mother saw that film. She was horrified. horrified. <laughs> the Chateau Chevalier is amazing. Well, it's, I think it's like ten, twenty thousand dollars a bottle. It's ridiculous, right? Right. right. And right. it's like unbelievably good. And she's had it before. And she goes, "It's to her. It's like one of her most cherished possessions, right. memories of wine." Yeah. And he's drinking it out of a styrofoam cup while eating a burger. But that's perfect. That's the point. It's the best, <laughs> the best ending. That's the, that's the Why are point. you holding on to this b- ridiculous? memory yeah why are you telling this... a story about this just experience it like just experience right. it you know and i think that that's that's the thing that like i mean everybody me everybody like is so bad it's so hard to simply experience a thing uh without yeah. without judgment and without applying it to your greater story or whatever the fuck it is you know when the only thing that is happening is that like just right. be there for the thing that is you know, it's a really, really Zen thing to say, and he's sort of, you know, he's brutal about it. And, but uh, he, he does love. that. He does that a lot. I mean, he always has the, that message. Like it's the same with with most. It's like your life is a fantasy, mm-hmm. is what he's basically saying. Right. Like your, your illusion of what what good life is. Yes. Be it rich house. Yep. It's a fantasy, right? Fantasy. Be it poor, being savior of all people. It's a fantasy. <laughs> being it, exactly. being I'm going to save humanity by living in a hole. It's a, it's, it's a, a fantasy. It's a fantasy exactly. right? exactly. Like exactly. the reality, the reality is life is you just getting on with your fucking life and yeah, you're helping right your right wife now. deliver food. Yeah, exactly, dude. I mean, because like in the <laughs> or, end of or, that... or eating a burger and out of, and drinking wine out of a styrofoam cup. That's, right. you know, you may end up going that way. Yeah, <laughs> and, it, and it can be totally beautiful. Like in that moment, it may be the, mo- the most beautiful thing in the world. And like in the end of Citizen Ruth, like both of these bickering fucking foolish sides and she just walks away from this stuff. She's like, fuck, fuck you guys. Like there's no point. Right. There's no point in engaging in these dumb stories, these self-defining stories, yeah, because that's not that's not true. That's just a way of putting off on somebody else or since some other period of time your happiness. Like the, all that is just delaying actual interaction with the world in favor of a made-up story in which you're so much happier. Like it's not true. And I think that th- right. this movie is a, like in that they i'm sure that the marketing department watched this movie and was like what the fuck can we do to save this thing there's no way to advertise this movie it's an anti-movie movie <laughs> yeah well i, I did I, I think it bombed pretty bombed, badly didn't it bombed very, made nine million dollars on a 90 million dollar budget so oh. it, is, it was a bad it was a bad bad investment bad bad marketing bad marketing. very bad marketing like, I don't know. And how, it's an expensive movie because the effects are pretty freaking good. They're really good. They're really good. Through, they're really good and really consistent all through the entire thing, which is sort of right. Like that's, that's the toughest part is like, like they, they're good when the, the effects are good, even when they don't need to have the effects be there at all. Like they're around a fire pit in the end of the movie. And the fire is the proper large scale. Like they're going the extra distance to animate the fire. So it's sort of big and floppy. So it looks like right. it should, as opposed to having like a, a bonfire, which would be like lots of flickering little flames. Like it's sure. these big ropey weird flames because that's the scale we're at. And it's like, you didn't have to do that. I would have accepted it, but they'd go the extra mile making the water work, you know, that kind of jazz. 
Yeah. Right, and actually, right, right. like some, they even use it symbolically at the end when the fucking when all the uh, Norwegians go down in the hole, and then the explosion's going to go off. It's going to bury the hole, and it's like, pop, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just like it's really rock. funny. <laughs> and like Teeny little rocks fall like, down. This giant, like, like for everybody involved, they're like, mixed up in this big dramatic story about how there's the saviors of life on Earth, and then in the end, it's like. Right. Pfft, <laughs> like that's what I think about that, you know. I'm not a foolish. Exactly. Yeah, like, that's the that's that stuff too. You no, know, I was I was really thrilled. I was like it, uh, the entire time I was like, "What the fuck is this thing?" And right in the end, I was like, "I think I kind of loved that movie." That was really really sad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, it budget was sixty eight million dollars. It made five million on the opening night, uh, opening uh, uh, weekend. Uh, total domestic gross was twenty four million. Oh man, so, yeah, not that, so great. That, that's so great. <laughs> not so great. Not so great. Those aren't Top Gun numbers. I can tell you that. Man, the, oh, man. They're not Top Gun numbers no. uh, for sure. But I think, like this, to me, like when I saw this on the plane, I was like, "What the fuck did I just watch?" Right. And I, I heard everyone's like, "It's not funny." Like that was their biggest criticism. Right. I was like, mm, "Yeah, because you're expecting yeah. a jokey ass movie. Let's they advertise like I swear, Kristen God, like, Wig." Yeah, it's yeah. they expected cast. a lot more Kristen yeah. Wiig. <laughs> yeah, like what? Like it, it's a mistake to cast. I mean, Kristen Wiig's good, really good in this movie. So I think not, it was great. Yeah, I think it was great. But like in terms of marketing, don't show Kristen Wiig in the marketing because you are definitely inviting people to think that this is a slapstick SNL. But yeah, like minimum yep. bridesmaids level drama. Like it's like yeah, it's a drama, but it's extremely funny. Like this is not. Mm -hmm. This is like nope. it, Like the whole time I was like, what? <laughs> like that was my predominant reaction. <laughs> I mean, did you think it was going to be a comedy? I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like in the first third. It feels like almost a Yorgos Lanthimos comedy, where like the lobster, okay. you know, where you're just like, right, this, right, this, right. this is funny, but I can see why people didn't like it. You know, it's not, it's not, a, it's not the kind of comedy that was advertised. It's a different kind of comedy. And I was like, I love this. This is great. But as the movie went on, I was like. This is not the nor this is not even the Yorgos Lanthimos movie. This is something entirely different, and uh, and it, it, like I was, it, it went beyond laughing and just sort of like I was just puzzled. I was just totally puzzled and uh, and enjoying myself. It's like super inventive, but like emotions come out of the blue and like it takes turns you don't expect. And like a, at a certain point, you're like, uh, you sort of throw up your hands. Like I have no idea where this is going to go, and that is what the movie means. I have no idea right. where this is going to go. Like, enjoy the fucking scene, Dan. Stop trying to predict this. Like, you're in a good scene. Enjoy this. Exactly. That is, that's a, that is a brilliant bit of execution right there. I was really, I was, I was pretty startled. Yeah, yeah. McMichael Man said basically, oh, he paid for the for the fame for the fame package that was advertised, and it landed him <laughs> a spot on the on the watch party. <laughs> watch party. Hey, you do what you can do. You got to read the fine print there. Sorry. Uh, well, you do want yeah, to say? Yeah. Uh, I think it's still up. Like, if you want to watch a a a, a very funny bit of business, go back through the Twitch here and watch McMonkey Man's appearance on our watch party. Like, yeah. that dude's a pro. <laughs> it's good. That was some it was good, good stuff, man. That was some really really um, good stuff. So actually, this is a good spot because what we can do now is we can basically tell people about that. So uh, what we're doing is, as you guys know on the on the podcast, uh, we we either do these, which is an actual podcast where we talk about stuff and gets released as a podcast. And when we don't do podcasts, we do watch parties. 
And what we've decided to try to do, and it was successfully done last week, is we invite one of our subscribers to be on the podcast with us. And so last week, McMahon came on and we watched, uh, wait, what did we watch? Con uh, Air. Con Air, that's right. We watched Con, Con Air, Air, which was uh, hilarious. Uh, and <laughs> yes. McMahon was able to join us for that uh, experience. Uh, so, uh, that'd be great. Now, uh, next week there's going to be no podcast because I will be fishing in Cabo, nice. but on June 18th, uh, we'll probably be doing, uh, probably maybe doing a watch party then. Uh, and so, uh, if you want to be on that watch party and you are a subscriber, um, please do go ahead and do that. So, uh, uh, you know, make sure that you subscribe to the channel. If you guys know how to do that, you can just hit the subscribe button. Uh, it will obviously uh, help us out a lot. Um, if you are a prime, if you have Amazon prime, you're actually allowed to give one subscription free, uh, every month. And we'd appreciate it if uh, you thought of us that way. And then the next thing you need to do is you need to join our discord. And so I'm yes. going to go ahead and give people a copy, uh, a link to our discord right in the chat right now. Excellent. And then by joining the Discord, and if you're a subscriber, you get we will add you to the subscriber section, and you'll get uh, the ability to join in the chat on the subscriber-only section. And there, you will be able to uh, suggest movies and be asked to be on watch parties and just just hang out with us. So yep. it'd be a lot of fun. Love to have you on. We this is not the end of the podcast. We still have one more movie to go through, which is mm -hmm. the Terminal Man. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, do a two minute break. Uh, we will be back. If you're not going to get an ad, so since it's only two of us, we can't keep the conversation going since I need to step out for a second. Uh, but we will be back in two minutes. So don't go anywhere. Uh, we'll be back in two minutes. Sounds good, Dan? Man, that sounds good here. And, uh, and right. again, thanks very much, Nick McMahon, for subscribing again. Uh, your support yes. scenes, everything. It's fantastic. Perfect. Thanks much. All right. So we'll be, we'll be back in two minutes, guys. Hopefully it'll start <clears> soon. Once it starts, we'll step away, and then I'll be right back. All right. It started. All right. Sounds good. All right. For everybody else, uh, while we are uh, in the uh the subscriber only period who uh, people who are not seeing ads i just want to say i saw top gun maverick the past couple of days and that movie was goddamn great that was fantastic i loved it i loved every second of it it was uh i'm uh when i was 14 or something whatever top gun came out like i saw it like 20 times in the theater it uh it uh it hasn't. It didn't last in my memory. Is uh, it's uh, it's not one of my most loved action films, but it's cool. This movie was unbelievable. Like this is like a circus of entertainment, and uh, uh, it even if you go just to see actors like look scared out of their goddamn minds, like go for that. <laughs> There's lots and lots of it, and it's incredibly satisfying. Like, those jets are really, really going, and man, oh man, like, like you see, like, even Tom Cruise is, like, he's sweating bullets in this one. It's it's absolutely fucking awesome to see. So that, that's my big recommendation. Not surprised everyone's going to go see it, but I was, I was extremely pleased uh, with that one. And then uh, hopefully this coming week, I believe uh, uh, Crimes in the Future is going to be coming out. Uh, and, I am. uh, you know, I was just recommending everybody Top Gun Maverick, 
I heard. I heard it's very good. <laughs> it's uh, great. It's great. It's great. Like, it's funny is I've heard I haven't seen it yet, so I, I, I but it's I, I probably definitely will see it. But um, I what some people have said is that that they liked it, and then they watched Top Gun again, and then Top Gun felt super cheesy. <laughs> oh yeah, Top Gun. Like I've never I, I I think Top Gun's a really good fun movie, and I can see why I flipped out over it when I was like fourteen or fifteen or whatever it was. Like it's a, right. it's a it's a good you know it does what it does really well, and it's good, but. If I had seen this movie when I was 14, I would have gone to the hospital. <laughs> like, it's so jam-packed with uh, everything you want to see in a Top Gun film. And it's, and it's stunning. Like, right. I, I simply couldn't believe some of the shit that I was seeing. And, uh, and the thing is, like, I think plotting-wise, it's better. Character-wise, it's more interesting. But what's really interesting about the movie, and this doesn't give it anything away, is that it is really a meta movie about the about movies like it is mm. and it, and like because the movie at least when i saw it like before the movie started there was it tom cruise shows up on the screen and he gives this little speech to thank people for coming to the movie because they worked really hard on going to the movie and i think that is really actually part of the movie because he's he's there to say like like the, the plot of the movie is like not these are Shit like this is not going to be happening much longer. Dude, that thing was on the shelf for two years because of the pandemic. Yeah, like this, like this movie is a level of uh, a, a kind of a, and a level of entertainment that is really only made by people like Tom Cruise, and there is nobody else that does anything like this. Like it's more like a, it is more like going to Cirque du Soleil than it is like going to a movie. It's just like. Right. It is an absolute mind-blowing in-theater explodovision, unbelievable entertainment, and uh, and Tom Cruise is more movie star in this than I've ever seen him be in his whole life. Like it's That's absolutely awesome. fantastic. So yeah, I, I like it's not going to make you like break down in tears or anything like that. It's not that kind of movie. But if you want a fucking good time in the movie theater. I couldn't believe my eyes. I couldn't believe it. It, it was the most. It was the most excited I'd been since Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, nice. Really, really amazing work. Do you need to have seen the first one? No, doesn't make any difference. No. They they basically tell you the story of the first one as part of the setup for what happens in the in the okay. second one. It doesn't make any difference. All right. Okay. Yeah, man. Definitely, definitely. Because I'm just wondering if I have to watch, like, you know, if I'm going to go with the kids or whatever. To have to oh yeah, it's I mean, like, it's so, like, it's the kind of movie where there's not even there's no like they don't even there's not even like Russians. It's like total abstraction. It's just like you're going to be in combat with your enemy in this place, which will not be named. <laughs> like, it's like there's right. no, it's not even jingoistic because there's no there's not even talking about countries. Like, it's just right. how awesome it is to fly jets and. That's the movie. So like it's right. it's amazing to see. Anyway, that's my big rant on that. I fucking loved it. It was a great, great, great film. One of the best movies I've seen in the past year. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know what I'm going to go see? Who I'm going to go see on uh, on Monday hmm? is Craig Robinson. Craig Robinson, tell us. You, you know who Craig Robinson is, right? The comedian. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't. Uh, yeah. No. I didn't so, yeah. Yeah. So he's the yeah. he's the black guy on the office yeah yeah and he's yeah and he is unbelievably yeah, funny. funny so he's super funny he 
he plays down at Flappers, which is our, our little comedy club. Yeah, you love so, that show. Um, you guys go there all the time. Yeah. yeah. Have yeah, you been yeah. able to go to there much during the pandemic? Or has that slowed? a couple of times? So what I like about it is that there's you know big comedians that go there and they practice their material there. And there's a lot of big ones. So like who's the really short black guy? What's his name? Oh uh 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 Cat Williams. No, 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 not Cat Williams. Cat Williams, very fun. Uh bigger than that. He played he played the uh, oh guys guys in chat, help me out. He's he played uh Oh is that uh, the, uh, 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 he was in a little Farrell, Farrell movie. That one, uh, like what was he, called, uh, Get Hard. That guy. Yes, he's in Get Hard. That guy. Yeah, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. So we watched Kevin Hart. Like, and I'm like, you know, Kevin Hart. Yeah, you see this. Ten, ten feet away from him, watching him practice his jokes, and it was funny as hell. You know, real, real, so, like real pro comedians like that. They're like seeing them in person, even when they're doing B material, is yeah unbelievably good well it was funny because he was up there and he was basically saying it's like and says all right so like 65 percent of this is solid right <laughs> and the other one i'm still working on right so we'll work on that usually you guys let me know how this goes and so he did he did that's his eyes like okay that's all the solid stuff and he was like and then i got this weird one he's like it's about this and then so he starts going and he's like and it was pretty good Mm -hmm. but he's like i don't know did that joke land like did you land like like he'll ask the crowd like did, uh, did like, that work or could it work better yeah uh, yeah I it was kind of weird yeah i love that stuff. but it was kind of awesome because he was being very honest with us about it you know so it's like oh man because yeah, i've seen amateur comedians and it's like ooh, cringy you know to yeah, watch you, you can feel how self-conscious they are that really breaks the yeah. spell like when you are physically there with a comedian performing like it's you can't be captured on film like it can't like it, you can watch, uh, you know, like a good, you know, like you want see like um, Eddie Izzard's uh, stand up on film, like absolutely right. fantastic. Great. Um, but it's not like being there. And I've seen I've seen her like five, four times and I've seen like Wanda Sykes before and right. like Wanda Sykes. Like, I think she's pretty funny in uh, when I see her on TV and whatever. But seeing her right. like in person, I was like, I almost passed out. I was laughing so hard, I like hyperventilated. And so, right. like, yeah, you get, you get uh, folks like Kevin Hart, real, real pros. It's like, that's dynamite. That's dynamite. I would love to go there. Bill Burr, Bill Burr, Bill Burr. man. Yeah. Right. Oh, because he he's not afraid to offend everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's well, he's great because he's like. Well, it was funny is that politically he is a super left wing guy. Everything that he talks about, yeah, but he comes like, off as the, super right. -wing. But he attacks it from the other side, which is wicked mm -hmm. funny. So he like he gets mm -hmm. like he's like he he, looks, he sounds super anti feminist yeah. and is and then he's actually it's very funny. So, yeah it's like it, he's he's terrific that guy's terrific yeah actually I saw yeah. him in Boston before I even knew knew who he was and he was yeah because he's a Boston guy right he's a Boston guy oh man that guy was yeah. show was funny holy smokes and then later on became quite quite famous and uh, and did a great job on Mandalorian good actor. <laughs> it was like, uh, why is he getting right. a Mandalorian? <laughs> Jesus. And it's so like was what's her name? Uh, uh, which I was uh, kind of disappointed because I was like, really? Uh, 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 Amy, uh, Amy Sedaris was on there too. Oh, yeah. She, I actually did a lot of the effects regarding her set. I did a lot okay. of painting, painting for that, like a lot of the background. Yeah. She is. Did you see Strangers with Candy? Oh, yeah. I love it. And, oh. and you also turned me on to her other show, her weird 
you know. Uh, oh, oh, at home with Amy Sedaris. At home with Amy Sedaris. It's incredibly bizarre. That's such a strange thing. With the ghost of the, the, the ghost of Mrs. Muir joke they do and all that. Yeah. It's fucking wild. Like, yeah. What the hell's going on? Yeah. What the hell's going on? That's pretty, that's pretty out there. It's pretty good. But no, I, I like that she she's very versatile. Like she like she, the, she also does like the the secretary and elf. That was really funny. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah she's not afraid to get very weird. She's very very strapped. Yeah, her comedy can go really out there. I love it. Well, her and her brother are like yeah. her bro- brother's yeah. classic. Obviously, David Sedaris. Oh. Anyone has not read David Sedaris stories? Uh, yeah, I highly recommend that. Any any of his and I also stories, what. Like, any of his short stories or or uh what i also recommend is the audiobooks because he reads them himself yeah he's fucking hysterical. and he's yeah. fucking hilarious yeah, he um, highly recommend them is uh yeah. you, know, like, uh, you, you it, hear the, npr he does it every christmas if they play his uh because mm-hmm, he does he wrote a book called holidays on ice yes and it's a picture of uh scotch uh, uh glass with on the rocks <laughs> yep. yep and uh yep very very funny and you know dana the christmas whore very funny <laughs> very funny stuff yes <laughs> yes very funny, funny stuff yeah. so highly recommend if get the audiobook version of uh holidays on ice by david stairs yeah. all right let's get into it this is going to be interesting how are we going to talk about the the terminal map all right so the premise i kind of was like how because i didn't see the movie but i kind of read the synopsis of it a little bit and i said okay this is how we're going to tie these movies together. It's going to be about people altering their bodies in some ways to make right. their lives better. Mm-hmm. That kind right. of works as a yeah. Okay. concept. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. right. Uh, there, there is some, there is some interesting things in this movie, very interesting things mm-hmm. in this movie, but the problem is it's unbelievably slow. It's very blindingly slow. slow, punishingly slow, punishing. Now, now no movies were slower in the past, but not this slow. No, and I hope people know that listen to this podcast that I love slow. I like like I've yeah. seen Jerry. I own Jerry and I've seen Jerry 10 times at least like slow is not right. a problem. But yeah, Paris, Texas. <laughs> absolutely. No worries. Right. Like slow, slow is no problem. But this is like you're not. You're not it, it when movies get really slow, like Paris, Texas, right? You're you're there to appreciate the world building of what you're being exposed to, right? right? This is like, okay, just okay. Like the operation is literally the length of the operation is almost in real time. Like, oh my right. god, it's, like, you you know, th- it's like just, it gets to the point where you're like, painfully, is this all the footage you had? Like, you just strung it all together? Was this like a yeah? A, like this is like a a, a, str- a string out of all the uh, dailies yes. for for the operation. I was like, yeah. is, you're not telling a story here. Like, there's there's nothing. There's no tension in the scene. You're not giving any information. You just right. are blankly showing what it like what you shot with with no point yes. of view at all and that and it doesn't stop there it's like the entire film is like this it's it's, it's a- but there are there are some interesting things through it and i want to get get to that because i think it's i think it's interesting mm-hmm. and so uh i think the best way to do that is really let's just go through the whole plot we can laugh about certain things that are painful but i'm also going to sort of give a couple of nods to the things that i thought were interesting mm-hmm. So it starts off with, I believe this is where it started, where two men are talking about and going through a series of photos. And right, it it's, the, it's the three yeah, doctors and the guy behind, the guys right. behind them. But all you hear is their voices, and they're right. looking through a series of pictures. They're like, huh, 
okay. And he's like a happy guy. Mm-hmm. And they're just looking through these pictures and says, now, do you have pictures of the accident itself? Oh, oh no, 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 we don't, don't have that. Mm-hmm. And the voiceover was weird and intriguing. It was, mm-hmm. it was good. Right. Yeah. It feels and like, then, like, like a spy movie in a weird way. It's like, it's very, yeah. yeah. It, yeah. And, and then like, I was like, I was like, I was like, oh, and then, then you see him like arrested. Right. And it's like, right. ah, so before and after like, okay, what's going on here? It's like, and so they're like, no. And then, uh, uh, it's it's very weird and then so suddenly they're like uh they're talking about the him like you know what happened and they basically what were revealed to the world is that he had an accident he's a very successful a successful man very bright man apparently mm-hmm. um and uh works in computers now remember this movie is from 1974 so that is uh the the concept of what a computer is is was vague at that time right right yeah. what you can do it <laughs> it's, it's sort of a fantasy object in this movie it's just like oh the computer. yeah it's like like nanotechnology of some kind right so uh when they didn't really know what that meant and they just used it like in the early 2000s they just basically used nanotechnology as the excuse to anything that they couldn't figure yeah, it's out just magic i mean like i mean for a while it was that way with the internet like movies like the net and stuff like that just like mm-hmm. it's on the internet <laughs> mm-hmm. the world wide web yeah yeah like in this right, movie they're right. like Oh, is that a TRS-80 computer? My God. You know, like, right. like yeah, well, not that great. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, what you figure out is that this guy was good and apparently into the computer world as well mm-hmm. himself, uh, but had an accident. And because of the accident, he got some brain damage. And what the brain damage had done is that he gets into similar to epilepsy mm-hmm. he gets seizures but what during his seizures instead of having a seizure like an epileptic seizure he gets into a fit of rage mm-hmm. and creates violent crimes against like his wife he rapes her and does horrible things etc cetera, etc cetera, or does does bad things right and violent things um which had led him to be incarcerated, but they realized that the situation with him is that he's a normal person most of the time, but he is set into these rages and it's very clear that this is what's happening uh, somehow. Um, So uh, the group of these doctors have been looking through this as him being a candidate for a type of surgery that they feel they can give him. Is that right? That's right. That's right. right. So they say, okay, so experimental surgery. So we're introduced to these doctors and who are the doctors? Um, two of them are is, from the thing. Two of them are from the thing. <laughs> You're a hundred percent right. God, this is sort of amazing. Realize that. Yes. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. Two of them from the thing. And then, and then, and then there's also the woman mm-hmm. uh, who's a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, she's very attractive. She has a kind of a she has a little bit of a Julie Andrews look to her. Is that- yeah, she's she's good. She's an um she is. I think, wait, wait a minute. Let me double check before I say it out loud because I think I was reading it, up on her because I was like I've never really seen her that much before. Right. Uh, I'm an old man. Yeah. She she's she's she was very interesting. Um. Here we go. Uh. And and I, I thought and and she was actually pretty good at acting in this. 
yeah. better than most of the cast. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, like, George Siegel. Oh man. I like, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get this off my chest right now. I don't like George Siegel until he's old. Like he becomes a very Agreed. charming older actor, but he, as a young man, he is like, he's playing to the rafters all the time. And it's just like, it's, it's just yeah. like, because even if you see him in stuff he's respected for, like uh, uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf or uh, right. uh, a, a, a particularly great movie whose only problem for me is George Siegel is a movie called California Split by Robert Altman. And it's a terrific movie and everyone should see it. It's great. But if you don't like George Siegel, it's like that's going to be the fucking rock in your in your shoe the whole time um, <laughs> and th- th- that's 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 my now like I, I like at some point in the 80s like he sort of gets his like his his big career never takes off and he stops trying to ham it up and he becomes a quite a good actor and a really good comedic comedic actor um mm-hmm. but at this point like he is just well he was pretty funny as in that sitcom, what was it? Just shoot me. Remember just that? Shoot me. He's great. No, I mean, like all of his later stuff, I'm, I'm a big fan of, right. and I, I don't know anything about the guy. I don't mean to be a, you know, like I, I believe he died recently, but I like, like I, I really yeah. liked him. I believe like, like I really liked all of his later work. I think he's very, very good once he became a character actor, but when he's like trying to ham it up as a young man, I'm, a, I'm like it. I'm like, there are a lot of, a lot of painful things you have to start right through it. I'm just not, I'm just not a big fan of that of his particular style at that time later gets great but in this movie he is not good <laughs> like this is no. this, this is bad <laughs> this is a bad film on many levels but the acting is probably yeah i don't know why we picked this one but that's okay well it's a yeah, michael it's crichton okay. it's a michael crichton book like it has all yeah. the sort of elements that should be great right right it has like a good like a michael crichton book michael crichtony plot that like has like a it sh- if this had been made like the andromeda strain then it could have been great. Like this movie is right. a, is a real, um, uh, uh, like candidate for, to be remade for instance. Um, and as re- as relates to, uh, downsizing, like it's weird between the two of them, I would have thought that downsizing would have been the, the less sci-fi and terminal man is the most sci-fi, but it's actually the reverse. Like downsizing, downsizing right. is a radical science fiction movie. Uh, right. and, and terminal, terminal man just like tries so hard to make you believe in the sort of kitchen sink realism of what's happening that they right. just make it dull. Like nothing interesting happens out of it. Like it's, right. it's, it's both predictable and scraping its way along. And, uh, I think part, part of that is because Andromeda strand is a slow and, and intense movie but a very sort of deliberately paced movie and of trying to mimic that. And the guy who's directing this movie, this is the other interesting thing directed, as we said earlier, he directed one of Eric's favorite movies, get Carter. Right. He directed croupier, which we both agree is fantastic. Fantastic movie. Right. And, uh, and he directed a classic, which is arguably good called flash Gordon. And right. all of all of these movies, at at minimum, even if you think Fat Flash Gordon is a bad movie, it's a fun movie. And right. like this thing is the fucking dead opposite of all of that. It's just like, why did you even make this movie? Like, this isn't a movie. <laughs> like, it's did you remember this movie? Like, I'd seen it when I was or, no, probably eighteen or twenty. Like, I was reading a lot of Michael Crichton, and I, and I did watch this one. And I okay. love the book. The book is actually really uh, a, a good, fun book. And like, well, I think, I think what's sort of interesting about this thing is like, uh, Michael Crichton, let's talk a lot about politics in this one, but it's just like Michael Crichton himself was 
um, like he wrote great uh, sci-fi action novels and, and suspense novels. Um, but he was a more and more as he went along, he was a more Fox news, right wing kind of personality, you know? And uh, so he had like, he had some pretty retrograde ideas about women's rights. He had some uh, like, he wrote an entire thriller based on the idea that global warming wasn't real, you know, this kind of stuff. Um, but the reason why I bring that up isn't to bag on it, but rather to say the terminal man has this element that could have made it a very good movie, which is that there's a sort of um, theme of government control over people's uh, minds. Oh, right. Right. And, uh, and how the government will step in and, and, you know, sort of like in trying to correct a problem by giving you brainwashing. Yeah. Like it's a brainwashing movie. And like, and like, so like, because the the mechanism of the movie, just a line of people is like, dude is a car injury uh, to his brain makes him have these fugue states where he becomes violent. So they insert the, this uh, neurotherapeutic device that every time you put a computer in his brain that basically tries to stimulate certain parts of his brain to overcome the the seizures. Right. Oh, pardon me. I'm getting some sushi through the doorway. Thank you. Oh, nice. Beautiful. That's very kind of you. Thank you, please. Um, and and every time uh, and every time like this happens, the brain becomes more and more addicted, essentially, to the stimulation it's receiving as. Um, as the, uh, like every time, like the, it's a sort of a, 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 a positive reinforcement loop until he becomes like the brain is trying to get in the fugue state more. Right, right, right. So, so it's, it's the, what's the, it's, what's the, uh, what's the thing with the, there was a psychological experiment where they basically put these probes into mice's brains and that if they push a button, it would, it would stimulate their pleasure sense. Right. And so they're, and they're just, they pushed a button endlessly until they passed, they died. They died. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. And so the thing is, what happens is that in order to out overcome his uh, because when he goes into a seizure, supposedly what he does, he goes into a seizure. He can sense a smell Mm -hmm. that's going to uh, uh, that he knows he's about to go into a seizure so he can smell something or taste something Mm -hmm. that's really bad. Uh, And so that's his warning sign. He's about to go into a seizure. And when he does that, uh, what they do is the brain knows that he's about to do that. And so they stimulate his pleasure senses right uh so that he comes out of the seizure right and so his brain gets addicted to that so it keeps going into seizures right so that he would go and get more pleasure senses and then it peaks and basically gets an such a massive seizure that the 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 probes won't actually they do can't anything. cover it anymore that's the then... idea right. And right. so, like the the like this. Whole You're mission, right. I'm like the way I describe it is like this could be an interesting film, but it was not well executed. Yeah, this is the problem because like the like there's a. Uh, I think you could probably play it either way these days, but I think that like Michael Crichton's sort of uh, political ideology, like the subtext of what is happening in the story, is like the more you know, it's like the uh, if you if you just give people money for free welfare that's not going to stop crime it's going to cause more crime because people are more lazy essentially it's like like that's kind of the argument that he is making right now i disagree with this horribly i'm and like mm-hmm. i i think that this is that's an idiot argument 
um, it is the thinking that influences this novel, right? And the reason why I bring it up is that if you have a vision as to what the story is you're telling because you believe in a certain statement, I will probably like your movie, even if I disagree with your movie. And that's why there are plenty of 80s action films that are virtually fascist in their plot lines, but make great movies. Like they make like their fantasies, like whatever fucking, you know, name your Die Hard. I, like yeah, exactly. Like like Die, die Hard is a Die is Hard a, is the most eighties like yeah, you know exactly. It's a, like conservative view of literally everything. Uh, Ghostbusters like, is another one that Ghostbusters. Was like, oh, shit, yeah, Ghostbusters is a great one. Like that is a like the villain of the movie is the EPA in Ghostbusters. Yes. Like what the fuck? <laughs> like it's a pro small business anti government uh, 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 handouts uh, you know in, infiltration movie uh, and. Right. And it's a great movie. Like, yeah, I don't fucking agree with the director or whatever. That doesn't make any difference. It's a great movie. I don't need to. Be, I don't need to buy the politics of what they're selling in order to enjoy myself, right? right. And uh, and uh, yeah, it's like like we talked about in the show with Die Hard. Like Die Hard, the like the sexual and racial politics in that movie that are just that are just below the surface. Like just as an example. Bruce Willis is divorced from his wife or like the uh, divorced from his wife. This has wrecked their family. She's the one who wanted the divorce and she takes her original name, which is Holly Gennaro, like generic. I have become a generic person without the identity of my husband's name. Right. Right. And in the end, she's like, like, what's your name? And she's like, Holly McLean. Like right. I'm my husband's now. And like, now that he's taken control, you know, and you're just like, what? <laughs> what the fuck is this bullshit? Right. That uh -huh. said, I've seen Die Hard like eighty times, at least. It's oh my one god! Yes, yeah. movies it's ever blast. made. It's so much fucking fun. It's unstoppable. So, like with this movie, Returnal Man, like the book is conservative. It has a like it's not it's not really refined in the point that it's making, but you can see where his thinking goes, especially in relation to his later work. And like it's mm -hmm. an, it's an argument that I think is total bullshit. But like with most conservative storylines of like how they believe the world is it's very exciting <laughs> like it's totally false but it is it does make for a great story so weirdly the way this relates to uh downsizing is that this could have used more bullshitting itself into believing what it's trying to sell instead the movie is totally <laughs> neutral like the movie has no story to tell it's just turning right. a camera on and letting this thing happen. it thinks it has a story but it actually doesn't it and doesn't the other one is like yeah yeah yeah. but what's it okay so so let's 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 talk a little bit about the 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 two doctors that are opposing each other so one mm -hmm. of them is a doctor the the the, the main brain surgeon right, right. Mm -hmm. who uh they came off as unbelievably arrogant and god complexy right. type person right. right um and he hates the psychiatrist, the woman psychiatrist, and basically says, easier than psychiatry, basically saying we can solve all these problems by through the brainwashing, right? right. And then she's like, you can still, she tries to convince him to, to not do the surgery. And he's like, well, I don't have any of it. No, like I decided to do it, whatever. But anyway, so she does this whole thing. And it's really, I think, you know, based on what you just said, it's like, the the brain surgeon is i'm going to control you mm -hmm. because i am i believe i'm smarter than you are and i'm going to take care of control right. your brain 
And she is like, you have choices. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Right. You, you choose, you, you choose like what's best for you on your own. Don't let someone else control you. Right. right. Cause the whole brain thing is like, they control the brain. Right. Right. Uh, so she's making the libertarian argument, essentially. Like the, she's, she's making the libertarian. Like right. you, you, you should make your own choices, right? right? And so, which is also very interesting if you put it in. I, I didn't try to think of this politically, but well, there's no there's no movie there to watch. So I, like that, that, nobody thinks of that is not a surprise because that's not in the movie, <laughs> literally. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, John. So so it's an interesting point of view to just think about that, um, but. Uh, he he basically disparages her quite a lot during, and literally the the operation scene of him getting these probes insected into his brain, it's like a half an hour scene. It's it's unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, like who the fuck thought this was like? And what's really like? I, mean, I guess there's just no other story. No, there's nothing else. They need to pad it out because they need ninety minutes. It's just junk. Uh, it's just raw, raw junk. Like and the footage isn't even that good. Like, no, this is just a, this is just a mess. I was expecting more horror, you know, or yeah. something. Because like but if no. you watch, if you guys you know, like want to see a great, great film, see Andromeda Strain, the original Andromeda Strain. Sure, sure, sure. Which is like extremely high tension, very like I said, deliberately paced, intense movie with almost no character whatsoever. Like there's like the characters are like as cut and paste as possible. It has. Uh, it, uh, Crichton's uh, um, uh, conservatism shows in his view of the female scientist that's in the movie, but I don't think that's too much of a problem because nobody in the movie has any depth to their characters. It's just a functional masterpiece. It's a beautifully executed movie. And I think that's what uh, the, the dude who directed Get Carter directed this. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm going to do it one. I'm going to make it like, I'm going to make it like a, a kitchen sink realism movie. And we're just going to, you know, like let the audience have to soak up the terror of brain surgery. And I'm like, you don't even show the brain surgery, really. Like, it's just a lot right. of people like screwing things into things <laughs> and injecting things off screen. Slow, <laughs> slow process. It's, it's just, a, it's, it's just, just terrible. It's just, a, yeah. it's, it's such a long slow bland mess i i was watching this going i remember this being a much better movie and i thought it was a pretty bad movie <laughs> yeah well it was interesting like like even like you know because supposedly because this is such a radical uh 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 surgery that they're doing uh they had a huge audience above you know like one of those theater mm -hmm. situations of the, of the surgery and there's one person who is, uh, this is the part where we use a local anesthetic. To, Explaining like, it to other doctors. Like, fucking <laughs> Jesus Christ. So good, dude. So good. When he's just like, you know, the brain can't feel pain. Like, I wanted someone to sit next to him like, you know, we're all neurosurgeons here, right? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> really, it's so really painful. Yeah, so yeah, painful. Uh, but anyway, so... Yeah, so that's basically what it is. So what what ended up happening is is yes. So he his brain is uh uh, they thought that they had it all solved, but they didn't. And um, what happens is he is in a in his room, and remember he's still sp technically supposed to be incarcerated, but they're trying to see if they've solved this problem. But 
his uh he finds a, a a girlfriend who i guess is a stripper gives him a bag of stuff for himself and he sneaks out of the hospital wearing a wig uh apparently in the most ridiculous way like how the fuck did that happen yeah. like that was not yeah no, not well uh, planned. but he ended <laughs> not well planned but uh he walks away and he's in the third street tunnel in los angeles obviously that was because we the, best. <laughs> the best that was the best we're like oh i've seen this this tunnel in every car commercial yep <laughs> uh uh so yeah this thing is very much an la film in you fact uh, there was a great chase scene in that in um uh what do you call it con air where the la tunnel is the third street that's tunnel right nine miles long <laughs> nine like miles long and in vegas, in vegas. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh, so, so beautiful. yes <laughs> that's really funny uh but yes yeah, so that 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 was uh uh, they, so he, he gets picked up in there, but you know what the other thing that I liked? I'm just gonna I'm trying to give it. I'm just really trying to give it as many positives You're as I man. can. Uh, there was something I really liked at the beginning of the movie when they were having a conversation. They used they must have used like an f zero point nine lens because they had this crazy bouquet mm, when they were yeah. having. Did, did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. It was kind of cool. It was, like, it was like really cool. It was like crazy, and and their faces were just barely in focus. Yep. And I was watching it in SD, so I'm sure if I saw that in full, like in full resolution, it would have been kind of cool looking. Yeah, no, there's, sure. there there are a couple of moments. There are a couple of moments that where it really gets yeah. there. Where you're like, yeah, you're like oh, the oh, the cinematographer like wanted to fuck around with his lens today. Like, yeah, let's get, let's get this good shot. <laughs> if they're going to be boring talking, I'll do this. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, I, I cannot emphasize enough how bad George Siegel's performance is because it is, it is just so overdone. Yeah. Where like, imagine, he's complete, un, he's not believable as a character. Like think all. of the, think of um, someone making fun of James Dean in rebel without a cause like mm. it's it's that it's it's like there's there's over the line and then there's like it's like some weird pastiche like that's where he's in the zone and you're just like someone should have stopped him at some point like you're just like george you're ruining your career <laughs> this <is> yeah <laughs> i don't know where you're thinking going. because not working and the worst part is okay so there's a scene where after he gets the probes and they're testing the probes which also was way too fucking long a scene uh and she is interrogating him and asking him questions and what they're doing is there's he's got 40 different zones in his brain that they're doing and so they one by one they stimulate each one of the zones to see what emotions or what what happens to him in his brain right. and what he feels right right um and so she asks him like, okay, what did you feel? And it's like, oh, I felt like I was eating a ham sandwich, which was, you know, whatever it is. But they go through it like just and I I was I almost thought I almost thought they were gonna go through they didn't go through everyone, but it was like <laughs> Jesus Christ. But what's really what made it worse is that George Siegel was acting through it and he's overacting every emotion hmm. to the point of like, oh, this is just awkward. Like oh, like it all feels now like a weird, I'm really super long student film. 
<laughs> yeah. Now I'm incredibly aroused, and I'm like, oh god. <laughs> that is you know, not how you show it. <laughs> no. no, I've never thought you were so attractive as a person before. That's like, oh god. Oh god. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was very awkward. Yep. Um, very awkward. But yes, uh, that's that's what happened. So anyway, he ends up escaping. Uh, uh, hooks up with his. Uh, uh, girlfriend, stripper girlfriend. They go back to her place. Everything's fine. But then they figured out, oh no, he keeps triggering these things. And they, they, the, the com quote unquote computer model figures out that he's going to have, uh, it's an accelerated pace. It's exponential. And to the point where he's going to have a massive seizure and they can predict the exact time that he's going to have a massive seizure based on the computer model that they have developed. Um, and so he is at his girlfriend's house. They just had sex sleeping on a waterbed, which is fucking hilarious. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just waterbeds are so seventies cliche. It, yeah. Just, if you want a bad night's sleep <laughs> and hard time getting up out of bed, get one of those yeah. things. I don't know why people want to have sex on that either. It doesn't sound like a good place to have sex no, either. That is, like that's pure no. comedy. <laughs> that is raw yeah. comedy. Man, oh man. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so he's on uh uh on a waterbed and uh exactly at three oh two he has a seizure mm -hmm. and uh murders her mm -hmm. with a pair of scissors. Uh, which is, you know, a very violent scene of her like on the bed and in slow motion. He's just stabbing and stabbing her and then continues the stabbing motion by stabbing the actual waterbed. <laughs> that creates this. And then they try to do this very artsy look of things mm -hmm. with the, uh, by basically the tile on the floor is this very fine pattern tile right. that has these little design grooves in it. And so there's all this, again, I think it's the DP is like, I'm going to use my new macro lens or whatever. Right? It's like, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, blood does across through this. This is like great. <laughs> yeah. So he has this thing is like the scene where it's like the blood is coming off the bed or whatever. And it's yeah. just going through these little channels. And by the way, this goes on for like four minutes mm -hmm. of like just blood going through little grooves. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Four minutes of that with dramatic music. <laughs> it's, it really I'm sorry, is, it's like it, it plays like someone's like uh, cinematography reel. Yeah. <laughs> this is all we got. Sorry. We shot about, you know, we shot three days. This is the all, all the footage we have. So I know we're contractually obligated to 95 minutes. That's the movie. Yeah. But God damn it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, all right. So, so it goes through that. And then they're, they're like, Oh, you know, Oh, right. And then the, uh, the, 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 the doctors and all those guys had a, had a party to celebrate. So they're all dressed up to the nines, which is funny and irrelevant. Like it doesn't mean yeah. anything. Right. Right. Um, and then they're like, Oh no, He's going to murder someone. And where is he? And then they try to cover it up. That's right. They try to cover it up. They don't, they don't tell the police. Uh, 
and then the when they do tell the police, they say like, he could be anywhere now. We should have told us immediately. It's like, and so anyway, that gets bad. So they find a dead woman, uh, and they basically make. And another thing that was funny is like I thought it was funny the guy was smoking over the crime scene, like that was hilarious. <laughs> Just uh, ashing in the body's eyes, ashing <laughs> over the evidence <laughs> of the murder. <laughs> Uh, yeah, which is, you know, it's like, we, we know that they had sex because we found his DNA in the semen material there and it's like, okay, you, you, that was fast because you're just at the crime scene and it just happened. So I don't know how you, yeah, yeah. So I don't know how you get a DNA sample from her se- from, from semen inside of her, like within like minutes. It's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, dude. What a mess. I was like, that's something it's like. It's like it, it reaches almost airplane levels of of comedy unintentional. But you know what's funny? Like, uh, here's the thing, right? You like there are plenty of problems with like quote unquote the science in in downsizing, sure. which yeah. I'm totally willing to forgive because the greater message. But when the this was, the this is, is the thing, yeah, right. But in this one. Like somehow, like, no, I'm not going to forgive you for that stupid thing because it's a terrible movie. So I'm just going to make fun of you for things that other movies get away yeah, with. Yeah, I got to find time to chew on. Like, of course, yeah. this is what happens when we've talked about it before, where it's like, this is what happens with people when they complain about bad visual effects. The reason why you're complaining right. about bad visual effects is because the movie you're watching is not distracting you with quality. Like, right. <laughs> like if the movie is really, really good, you're not going to be bothered by bad visual effects. If you're bothered by how bad the Scorpion King looks, it's because the Scorpion King is a piece of shit movie. Then you have nothing else to talk about. <laughs> like, so when the rock right. shows up and he looks like an action figure, well, there you go. Make fun of that. Like you, like, you gotta punish this movie somehow. And in this, it's the right. same way. I'm just like, I don't give a shit if science is good. It doesn't make any difference to me whether or not a movie is scientifically accurate. But if it's bad and it's trying to portray like the science is real and it's bad science, then I'm like, give it to me. <laughs> yep. I will shred this. This, this is yep. not acceptable. Not acceptable at all. For sure. For sure. All right. So he murders her. Then he, the next time he has a seizure, because then now, now there's sort of this exponential. They're happening. going to be happening. They're going to happen faster and faster. They're still trying to find them. He ends up back at his lab where he makes robotic stuff, right? Oh, he makes some kind of statement that machines are going to take over the world because that's their ultimate goal, right? Some some kind of like Terminator statement right. there in a little right. bit, right? And so that's his feeling about it. Anyway, so he ends up at the lab and he ends up destroying all of the the research equipment that he's done at, at his at his computer science lab. And then then he goes to church. <laughs> And tries to ask forgiveness from a priest, tells them the priest the whole story. The priest says, I'm going to help you. And then he tells the priest, you got to go now. You got to hide because it's happening. It's happening. And so the priest says, no, I'm going to help you. The Jesus Christ is going to help you. And then, of course, he murders the priest. That that was predictable. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, it's so overdone. It's so overdone. His acting was really just... That's the thing that I think that that's the cherry on the Sunday. <laughs> it's the cherry on the Sunday. Like it's, but it's George Siegel. Like, you know, we've seen him in a million things. And yes, he can be a little overdone, but this was just like, oh no. This is the period of his career when he is really trying to uh go for the go for the awards. And it is Oh my god, this is, is terrible. Bad, bad news. It's a bad it's a bad choice. First of all, never do that anyway. 
like if you're an actor never go for the awards like right if you're if you're acting so you get applause for your acting then you're doing a bad job almost guaranteed and did you ever see to the moon in this thing what's her name from titanic kate Um, winslet kate winslet do you see the kate winslet uh, 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 her role in extras. Do you remember extras? <laughs> so good. Yes, hysterical. <laughs> that, that's good stuff. If, if you haven't seen extras, it's hilarious. It's a show, it's a Ricky Gervais show where basically he pays an extra in a movie and he keeps having run ins with the actual actors in the movies. Right. And he keeps trying to foster or grow his career out of being an extra to actually making a movie or, if any, or anything like that. And Kate, when he's in a, he's in a movie about, some they're they're basically in this this the fake movie that they're filming is like some Nazi movie of some kind, right? And right. she plays some kind of nun. And then after they quit rolling, she chats with them just like chatting, and she goes, "Yeah, and it's like I'm doing this for the Oscar. You know, the best, only way to get an Oscar is either do a fucking Holocaust film, <laughs> right, or play a retard. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's so harsh. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it's These like the yeah, words speak says people. <laughs> this is what the line. And she's like, just goes off on it, and it's just like, oh my god. Yeah, it's and brutal. she just it's brutal. She's it's playing brutal, the, brutal. the worst asshole version of herself. It's hysterically funny. Uh, well, that's the whole point yeah. of that like, whole movie. It's like she's not like this you know. in real life. But she had, like she plays. Yeah, you got to play a yeah. Holocaust film. That's the best way to get an oscar oh, yeah man, it's like dude. you got and so that's why i'm doing this movie because i want to get an oscar it's like, yeah oh, like 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 george siegel in um in uh uh who's right virginia wolf is like he's okay because he is being uh uh overwhelmed by taylor and um uh and burton you know like so he gets it doesn't matter that he's he's the weak like at least at the very least the other two and and sandy duncan are like handling it you know but like just set free on his own he has absolutely no way to gauge where he should be at in a scene so he just goes all the way to the end and it's yeah. uh, it's just embarrassing like you just watch it you're just like it is I, embarrassing i it, wish it's like them. It, it's like it's like watching like a bad student play yeah like you know and you're like oh yeah, but later and, on gets quite good. <laughs> like yeah, well, later on he just doesn't take himself, he doesn't try to take himself so seriously. Yeah, so well, I, like the know. same thing happened to um, um, what's his name, uh, 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 the guy from Sound of Music, uh, the guy who plays the captain in Sound of Music. What's his name? Sound of Music. Richard. Oh, Plummer. Uh, yeah, Christopher Plummer. Christopher Plummer, in my opinion, and this is I don't mean to speak ill of the dead, was a terrible actor up until uh the insider and then suddenly right. he is an incredible actor and all the rest of his films after that point he is he was so great character. in in uh, girl with a dragon tattoo incredible so good incredible he is he's great in beginners he's great and like like i was just like this guy is a second banana richard burton through most of his career and then when he hits the the late 70s and uh and 80s he shifts into like hardcore star trek hamminess and then uh, you just write him off and then suddenly he shows up in Michael Mann's movie and gives the, like the performance of a career. And then every right. every single film he makes after that is another career topper. I'm just like, why? Yeah. He held his fire until then, and then just completely killed. And uh, and, and uh, I, I, ironically, Amanda Plummer is really good. 
Oh yeah, she's always been great. Yeah, she's. I mean, like we and talked that's about that. Yeah, and yeah. like I like we just did World According to Garp for anyone who's uh, listening, and uh, Amanda Plummer in World According to Garp like brings me to tears every time. Every... I think she's on screen for five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> and she comes in and just goes, Bum! and I'm like, no, right? It's oh, oh, you know what? I started watching, or I'm, I'm sorry, watching. I watched uh, recently again because I've been like, I really wanted to see what it was like. Uh, uh, the Fisher King, and she's oh, yeah, a major part it. in the Fisher King. Right, right. Um, I'm still digesting it, but I I like it a lot. Jesus Christ. Is it relevant to exactly now? No shit. Oh, I got to see this. Yeah. I barely remember what's in it. I got to see that. All right. Then. Well, I'll, I'll give you a quick reason, reasoning why. Uh, uh, Jeff Bridges plays the character in it, right? He's the main character, mm -hmm. right? And he plays a Howard Stern type character. It's specifically, uh, right. he's almost mimicking Howard Stern. Remember this, yeah. right? right? Okay. Yep. And, 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 uh, this is in the, the the 90s, right, or 80s and 90s, uh, and he's uh, he's always talking to people on the phone, and this guy keeps calling in, and he's like saying something, and the and the guy he basically tells the guy, those fucking yuppies, it's us against them, we gotta wipe them out, fuck right. those guys, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and the guy who he's on the phone with, because he keeps saying this shocking stuff for ratings, right. Mm -hmm actually goes to a restaurant which has got a lot of oh, that's in right. it yes. and shoots everyone shoots in the restaurant right. which is basically what fucking Tucker Carlson did yes. in fucking Buffalo yes. right? Right. right and so that actually happens right. uh right. so anyway that's the 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 the, the start of the movie yeah, the rest of Ro it Robin Williams wife is killed in that assault right Robin right. Williams wife is killed that's in that and that's how that's he right. ends up doing that situation right. which would you know I almost felt like tweeting at Tucker Carlson. You should yeah. really watch the Fisher King. <laughs> you fucking <laughs> idiot. Like, oh, he's the worst. He's the worst. Yeah, I don't it. understand how people like, I was like, why does, oh, it's the ratings. He gets rich yeah, off he's, the shit. Tucker, Tucker Carlson, like, is a real, I, I assume is a real actual person on the earth who has a family and all that stuff. So when I say Tucker yeah. Carlson isn't a person, it's like, that's because well, all we see is the product and the product is poisonous. Like that is like, Oh, like this is I like, like it, I don't, I don't have anything to say about him as a guy. Cause I don't know him, but the, the machine that is on air is quite uh, dangerous and it's a, it's very, very bad. And that's, did, that's entirely did, a business decision. There was a documentary I saw on Netflix, I believe. And it was about the, this, Trans woman who made a car. Remember that documentary? Mm, no, it's a trans woman from the seventies and eighties. Mm -hmm. It made a, a, a it was a three wheel car that she, that that this person designed. It was complete vaporware. Mm -hmm. It turns out that the person was a kind of like con artist in a lot of ways, um, and it was interesting. The whole documentary goes through several episodes, and it's very weird, uh, but. There's a reporter in Los Angeles that went after her hardcore is in a very, very homophobic way. Mm -hmm. um, and that person was Tucker Carlson's dad. Oh, my God. Really? God. That's the reveal at that, the end of it. Sorry. Spoiler that. alert. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. But like, it's like 
fucked up. Like what the? F- that's, and I, now listen, I'm not necessarily saying that the person that he was after was right, but he was specifically going after the homophobic angle. Yeah, that was the that, thing because, that was. And the thing is, like the, these kinds of like this kind of stuff, it's not because whatever any of these folks, Tucker Carlson, etc. Like they don't actually believe anything they're saying. They just know oh, no, 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 that no, no. It a, they, they, they know. Yes. The, the more it. I say things like this, the more I get cash people machine. to say, yeah, yeah, it's a cash machine. Right. And it, the same it, thing with Howard Stern. Howard right. Stern did the same thing. Right. Like this, it's, right. it's simply and like the, and like I would never get in the way. And like, I, you know, I believe, I believe in the free speech of people like Tucker Carlson should be able to say what they want. Absolutely. However, sure. we should be aware that it is a con job. Like it's a, it's a swindle. He doesn't believe it at all. It's it's a con no, job. Same thing with fucking Donald, Donald Trump did yeah. the same thing. Yeah. He doesn't believe any of the yeah. shit that's coming out of his mouth. He just knows that it's going to get him. Votes. He knows it works. And that, yeah, that's it. Like, and so when, like when I say that, like, I don't I don't treat people like that as people because I, I, I don't know them at all. I don't have any emotional feelings about Donald Trump, the person. I don't know that guy. I, who knows? Sure. But like, I do know uh, the position he takes up in you know, in our world um, is something that we should not pay attention to. Like we should try to try to try to get people to understand that, that he's a, he's a, he's a door to door salesman and he will say anything to get you to buy the fucking Bible. <laughs> like that's all there is. Right. Like he'll, it doesn't matter what he's saying or what he's selling. He just wants to sell it. And if you're if like he's like, oh, you're racist. Great. I'll be racist and I'll sell you racism and it incites violence. Great. That sells more stuff. Like there's no rules right. involved. It's just a machine. So like he didn't even expect to win the election. No, he was just hoping that the, the, the process of trying to run for president was going to make him richer. Yeah. When he it, won like, the it's, election. It's simply Donald Trump is a mechanism. Like he isn't yeah. like I have nothing to say about the guy. I don't care about the guy. I don't know the guy. But Donald Trump is a mechanism that is now made up of many thousands of people like as a, as a business unit um, that makes money through inciting division and violence. That's how it, that's its business model. So don't pay into it. Like try to keep, like try to get people to understand that they're being horn swoggled, you know, and that's it. And so like, that, that's right. like this kind of stuff, you know, like Tucker Carlson, the Fisher King, et cetera, just like, like, like it's getting mad at them doesn't help stop them. Getting mad at them feeds them. Like if you get screaming mad about Tucker Carlson at Tucker Carlson, then he just videotapes it and shows it to his fans. And then yeah, he gets more fucking action. Like, don't I know. Pay. Like that's you're just pouring gas. We need we need more Alexander Payne lessons and less Tucker Carlson lessons. Exactly, <laughs> exactly true. Sorry, exactly true. You know where we're like, oh shit! Like like what Tucker, what what Alexander Payne does? Like ah, you see that? You don't like that? I know you don't. Now I'm gonna put a mirror, and you're gonna like, oh that's ugly. Ah, but you realize it's yourself, right? Yes. So like I am I am part of the machine that makes. This I am happen. part of the problem. That's 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 right. And so you change your character, so you're not such an asshole all the time. Yeah, well, that's uh, like because he idea. shows a lot of assholes. Yeah, Alexander Payne shows a lot of assholes, yeah. and what makes it sting is that. 
sometimes that asshole looks like you. Yeah, that's that is the greatest thing you can learn from a movie ever. <laughs> like, it, like if if you go, oh wait a minute, <laughs> like yeah, oh hang on, I'm the guy who's the who's causing the issues. Like that's right. Like, like this is the like that's the that's the beauty. Even subtle, something subtle. Like that's the beauty of like Fight Club. Like Fight Club is about how easy it is to romance people into buying this fucking fascist ideology. Like mm-hmm. to the point where everybody in the audience, including me, you know, halfway through the movie, you're just like Brad Pitt's just sticking to the man, and at the end, you're like, "Hang on, why is everyone shaving their heads?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so like that's that's the beauty. Like, and you know, that's definitely what pain tends to do. Like about Schmidt, for instance, is like this guy who goes on this journey, and he assumes the journey itself will give him the answer. It's- yeah, right. Because I'm going on a vision quest. Oh shit! Nope, nope. I, I'm just—I <laughs> didn't fucking learn a thing. I didn't change because I didn't choose to change. Like, whose yeah. responsibility? It's not the external universe's responsibility to change you. <laughs> like, you do it. Well, I mean, it's very similar. It's very similar to Sideways. It's the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go on my thing with my buddy. My buddy's kind of an asshole. I have an opportunity to change when I meet this wonderful woman, but I don't because I'm a fuck up. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> and and that, like I like hanging out with my fuck up buddy because I can blame everything on him and then be, and be the hero. Yeah. yeah. Never been there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like fucked up people. It makes me look better. It's exactly, like, you know, dude. exactly. You know, uh, and- okay. Let's, let's, I'll wrap up the story real quick. I'll turn it on because it doesn't get very much more complicated than that. Yeah. Basically, he kills the priest and then uh, he uh, he ends up at the psychiatrist's house, tries to have a seizure on him. She stabs him. Uh, she stabs him, uh, but still manages to escape death because she's behind the door. Even, uh, that happens. He ends up wandering around, at, I think, at Forest Lawn Cemetery. It looks like it's Forest Lawn, right? So, someplace like that in Los Angeles. Yeah, I believe that's true. Yeah. Uh, he has a gun, which is disturbing. Uh, and then because, you know, he's about to have a seizure and then he falls into an empty grave, which uh, is about to use for a ceremony. And then uh, they uh, cops arrive when they find this crazy guy stuck inside of an empty grave and they uh, get a helicopter and a uh, sniper shoots him from the helicopter and he dies and, Pretty much, that's the end of the movie. But no, no, it's not the end of the movie. Uh, the the doctor makes some claim about how he's going to eradicate uh, uh, evil by uh, uh, going into everyone's brain and doing right. things. Right. So it's yeah. a statement of like, no, that's wrong. Whatever. Anyway, right. that's so the, the, the so the doctor the doctor is the Democrats from Michael Crichton's point of view. That's that's basically the the aim of the book. Right. But, right we are going to control like, you. Right. right. And so, like, again, this is not an argument that I buy into. I, rather, that I wish no. that they had at least tried to make that argument so you have a fucking coherent film. Like, ironically, if you, if, <laughs> ironically, if you actually look at what's happening today mm-hmm. with people like Tucker Carlson, yeah. 
he's the one that's brainwashing, the one that's brainwashing all the people <laughs> exactly he's the mind right? control guy no 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 exactly. it's no 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 all of these facts that's all you know uh fake news right. like you know like the, the fake they, news thing exactly they, yeah. they have a wire into your brain don't think radically don't think uh, yeah freak yeah. out yeah and then that's it and then like that's the thing is like this is one of these movies where like like any of Crichton's books i've read it I haven't read all Crichton, but I've read tons of Crichton. He's a monstrously entertaining writer. And any one of these things would make a good movie. Terminal Man should make a very good movie. Like, that, if you give that to the Coen brothers, it would be one of the most terrifying, bizarre oh, films yeah. I've ever met. You know, like... That's a good... That's a, that'd be good. good. I was incredible like, tension. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. slightly funny, very dark, with incredible, horrible tension. Like, it's easy. Like, the thing writes itself. But man, oh man, they did not do that. What a missed opportunity that movie is. Like, just kills me. Well, even the first like ten minutes, I was like, "Man, I'm I remember this movie being bad, but compared to what I remember, this is much worse." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it truly. Does. Yeah, I, I, listen, I'm still glad to do it. I I don't mind watching a bad movie. Yeah. I don't mind it at all. Yep. Um, even you know. Uh, it's certainly not a waste of time in my mind. It's always a good thing. Like you know, I always try to find things that are interesting. I'm, I'm always going to try to like, figure out like, why it doesn't work, I and mean, it's interesting to do that. Right, right, yeah, exactly. It's like right. okay, don't drag out a surgery scene for 35 Dude. minutes. Got it. And, th- and this dude has made so many other good <laughs> movies. Like at very least, say like go watch this guy's other movies. Like his other movies are really great. I have no idea. Oh what yeah, about this thing. Get Carter is great. Well, I had problems with uh, her. Well, it, it would be fair to say that m- many, many, many people think that's a great film. And in fact, it's like one of like it's, sure, Hell in Britain is like one of the greatest films ever made. There's a high chance you will enjoy Get Carter. There is no yes. chance at all you will enjoy Terminal Man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, zero, zero percent chance. But are you glad did you finally watch Downsizing? Oh yeah, absolutely. I was really pleased. I was really pleased. I think I I am cautious about the way I recommend it. I want to say that it's like that that movie is a sort of a bucket bronco in terms of like it's what it's doing. But if you can hang right. on, it's it's worth it. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely worth it. I I really I really enjoyed it and it's a, it made me think very hard about what it was trying to say. So I was I was very excited to say it. I'm I'm willing to think that like Alexander Payne is like the more and more that I think about what he's doing, you know, especially in our conversation uh, this evening, like I really think that he could be one of my top directors. He's a secret he great filmmaker. Yeah, it's true. He's a secret great filmmaker because yeah. he does this thing where he makes you doubt yourself like they're they're they're, and no they're not easy films to watch not none of his films are uncomfortable uncomfortable all the time that's his thing like Like, the descendants is the most easygoing movie in terms of like it's an enjoyable movie but it's still uncomfortable like that movie does it like there's lots of stuff in that movie right this makes me feel really weird like sideways election and yeah about schmidt yeah jesus yeah Yeah. it's it's hardcore yeah the citizen ruth isn't a big one for me yeah like it's just like all of his movies isn't ruth yeah yeah like it's this because brutal movies and they're and they and they're hard to watch but this movie in particular is like i said it's like ai where i love i love ai i think ai is one of spielberg's best movies but the secret of ai is that ai hates you like it looks like a spielberg movie and it's filled with all these glorious glowy shots of a little boy longing well was it it was supposed to be was it was supposed to be a a a kubrick movie right it is a kubrick movie still it is like it is still it is a like kubrick wanted 
Kubrick developed it for years, and he wanted Spielberg to direct it. And the reason why is because if you go into a Kubrick movie, you know that he's going to serve you up some some uh, misanthropy, right? Like he he is going to say something really harsh. You go to a Steven Spielberg movie about a little boy, it's a magical little robot bear. Like you are waiting for the happy cheerfulness, and instead you get a punch in the face from Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> like it's, a, it's like a little, it's a little, it's a little bear trap waiting for you. And uh, it's brilliant. And I think that this is along the same lines, like the tone of the movie keeps trying to make you think you're going to see a different movie. And then it keeps on going the way it's going. And uh, it's an uncomfortable and awkward and sort of brilliant. But Yeah. 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 Thank you for uh, suggesting that. I had totally forgotten about that movie. Utterly forgot about what about downsizing. About downsizing? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I I remember seeing it. I was like, "What the?" F-? Yeah, and then uh, what? <laughs> and and then and I remember. I think I remember everyone saying it was like that was not the movie I thought it was. Right. Which to me is like. Yes, sign me up. Yeah, right? I like, want to know what made someone say that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sign me up for that. And I'm so glad I did. And so when it came up on the, like, I, I was almost positive I saw it like at two o'clock in the morning on the Lufthansa flight to, to, to Europe because <laughs> right. I did. I'm like, and and uh, I, I'm actually glad I saw it on my big TV because it's actually beautiful. It's really well done. The, yeah. the shot and the, the visual effects are great. Great. Great so looking movie. Recommend. Beautiful shot. I totally agree. Yeah. So so I'm glad I upgraded from the little TV screen on the plane. But the story that it says is like, that was not expected. That mm-hmm. was that was a good film. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, and her, her performance the Vietnamese woman, so, like uh, such a surprise, so fantastic, and out of the blue, like I was, I was really, yeah. I was, I really, that really got me. Really and got and me. she, the fact that she appears like literally halfway through the film, mm-hmm. yep. And you're like, wait, wait, what's this all about? <laughs> why, why have you been hiding this character the whole time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's really something. It's like, and this is the kind of movie I love, where it's like, it's I like the story of this movie being rediscovered. And so I want to try to get, I want to get people to, to check it out. Uh, just right. because like it is, I think it is a little secret gem uh, that had yeah. totally just gone away. Um, but I, but I, I also just like, at the same time, I'm like, this isn't the kind of secret gem where you're like, Oh, what a sweet movie. This is a movie that you're like, at the end of it, you're like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> so I'm, I, I, uh, I endorse that. I, I want to say that up front and then say, go watch, go watch about Schmidt or Citizen Ruth and then watch Downsizing and you'll be, you'll be, re- you'll be ready. <laughs> you'll be ready. Yeah. You got to realize like you're watching an Alexander Payne film. So yeah. it's going to be a little bit. Yeah. Be ready for that, because uh, he he is he is uh, the kind of guy that basically takes left turns when you thought you're going straight, constantly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's really really great. Oh, I know it because oh, this is this kind of movie. Oh yeah, it's gonna be great. Chris and Wayne's like, nope. Oh wait, oh okay. Uh, nope. No, we're gonna do it this way. Like constant change, constant change of course. Yeah, that's so, a blast. Uh, that's a blast. So, yeah. No, right. good pick, good pick. I gotta say that. I, right. uh, yeah, I think that was we got fun. 50-50 on those movies. Well, one, I, one, one yeah, bad we one. got a fifty-fifty. That's good. 
I'm and I'm you know I'm really sorry uh, 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 Eric couldn't join us on this because I think he would have liked downsizing. Oh, I agree. That would have been a whole interesting conversation to itself. I will have to like at least bring it up and see if he's seen it uh, for next time, just to get a quick review from him. I'd, I'd love to know what he thinks about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And then I'll, we'll tell I don't, him I'm not going to force him to watch Terminal Man. Maybe we shouldn't tell him about Terminal Man. He likes Good Carter so much. <laughs> He likes get Carter. Yeah, don't spoil get Carter for him. Spoil yeah, it. Like, oh, that was an accident, dude. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. Flash Gordon. What was the other one? He's a tur- a flag. He did Flash Gordon. Oh, Croupier. That. No, Croupier. That's right. Croupier. Terrific. It's a good film. Great film. Absolutely terrific. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, the guy. The guy's a legit good director. I have no idea. I don't I've... think the director was the problem. I think yeah. George Siegel was the problem. Oh man. And the fact that they had obviously no editor at all. <laughs> <laughs> like no. sorry we, didn't, we can't afford an editor so just here's what we shot all of it right. all of it <laughs> completely yeah. unregulated yes that's exactly what happened but uh yeah, but yeah everything I, I drags on on that film yeah, yeah definitely sure. check out uh flash gordon hilarious croupier tremendous and get carter you'll probably think is excellent yes for sure. all, all right. right nice work are you ready to do this? I, I guess I will do. Uh, uh, I will do first and last. First and last. All right, and go so for it. You'll have to do the middle. All right. All right. Then we'll make drink. a good talk. Drink. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, buddy. Good afternoon, guys.